0: Also brought to you by Heads Up Guys. Heads Up Guys is a resource providing men with information and practical tips on how to manage and prevent their depression. This is a dedicated online tool devoted to helping men get the help that they need, finding someone to talk to, and navigate difficult times. For more information, please head over to headsupguys.org. And by Beneath, starting with the first thing that you put on in the morning, Beneath inspires you to be your most authentic self. Get ready to experience increased comfort that radically outperforms anything that you've tried before while leaving minimal impact on Mother Earth. Use the code UNITY to get 15% off at checkout at Beneath.com.
1: Tommy, welcome to the show, brother. Hi. Hi.
2: Good to to finally meet you, Kelsey. This is fantastic. I
1: know. It's been uh, been a long conversation and us trying to actually touch base with each other and um, I'm going to move these spy sunglasses sure. because
2: they are goddamn <laughs> competitors
1: of mine. How dare you do such sorcery, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: turn this shit off and get you rolling. All right, welcome, buddy. Thank
3: you. Yeah, I
1: I got so many questions for you. I feel like we run in the same circles with so many people that it's it's been a goddamn shame that it's been this long.
2: It's okay, it's okay. Uh, this is like a little piece of home for me. Good. You've made this this nice little military hideout, <laughs> right? I love this veteran hideout, right here, right here in Vancouver, and, yeah. and it's I don't know. Walking in here, I was like, oh, this is what I'm used to, because San Diego is the mecca.
3: Yes, it you is.
2: Know, it's like the I don't know. It's the veteran veteran enclave, and so leaving there was very difficult. Leaving there was kind of scary, but yeah, this is cool. I'm I'm I'm, I'm i feel very welcome, and oh, very uh, at, at a safe place here.
1: Really, <laughs> I, I like to I like to make people feel as comfortable as I can. Um, There's something with having an environment where uh, people who have been in or who are associated with the military, when they come into my space, I like them to feel like they can be themselves, be open and honest, but also I like to pull shit out of people that they wouldn't normally you know, have conversations with about certain topics. And so I find that if you're going to talk to people that have served, you have to make it a safe environment all the way around. Because if there's any sort of situation where they're like, you know, you don't know where they're at in their treatment. You don't know where they're at in their process of healing. So, it's like, um, it's like, well, if you have a bunch of doors or you have a bunch of windows, it's like a lot of vets are like, okay, well, I have to have my back to, to here because I need to see the doors or I need to... So, I tried to be really mindful of that when we did this space, um, mainly for me, because I, I'm the same way. If I can't see the door or if I don't have an exit route, yeah. it gives me anxiety. Really? Well, I mean, I've I'm, I'm gotten a lot better now, but it, for sure, for like the first... Probably
2: ten years. Yeah. Yeah. I've i dined with Marines that that have gone to restaurants and we've sat down. I'm like, hold on, man, hold on. I just I just like to face the door. Yeah. I've never understood. I didn't pry into what, what yeah. caused these symptoms, but I respect them obviously. But one thing you did subconsciously that you didn't mention for veterans was uh, shut off the fans. I suffered some really really nasty tinnitus and really like a lot of noises. If there was yeah. like a forklift going on, and yeah. there was like some kids or some uh, an iPad playing or whatever. Yeah it would get to where I'm almost kind of like, i got to go stand outside.
3: Yeah, it's too much. the
2: noise just gets bills and bills and bills, and then it's where I'm like, all right, I need a break, I need a break, time out. Like, let's. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, it's really funny that you brought up tinnitus, because um, I actually just got uh, I just finished my paperwork with VAC with Veteran Affairs, because my, as my team told you before, I'm really fucking loud all the time, mm-hmm. and they have to be really loud if they want me to hear them. Mm-hmm. My tinnitus has gotten so bad <laughs> that sometimes I just like there's people talking to me when they're not, and that's not in my head. I just like I hear
3: noises
1: all the time that yes. others aren't hearing, and people don't quite understand that. Mm-hmm. um So it's a, it's a. I respect it. I understand. It. I'm really glad that you feel comfortable. That makes me. That makes me really, really happy. So good. I'm, I'm so stoked you're here.
2: Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's like uh it sounds almost like you ever slept out in the country, and like there's like crickets. Like, yeah, I grew up in the woods. That sound, yes. that's, that, I wake up and sometimes I'm like, is that crickets outside? And I'm like, no, it's just in my head. Right, So many of those
1: things. I feel you. Pull that a little closer to your head. Sure, sure. No worries. You can adjust it, move it around, do whatever you need to do. It's kind of bouncy a little bit. So,
3: Okay.
1: Um, let's get right into this. Um, you and I met uh, very briefly through Instagram, through a lot of the similar people, a lot of the similar Circles in the military, but what I didn't know and I I, I knew uh, once I started, you know, we got talking and researching is um, You're American mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so you're an American Navy you were you were an American Navy. Well, you're still an American you're you're <laughs> a I would consider a dual citizen Navy diver So you're an American Navy diver. I Got so many questions. How did you join? Let's start with that. How did that happen?
2: Uh, it was a mix so I'm not only American I'm from uh, from the south from? <laughs> I'm from the deep south. I am mean, from Slidell, Louisiana.
3: You don't even have an accent.
2: I don't, I don't. I was raised on the stage. I was okay. a theater kid growing up. So oh I, what? So I don't have a twang as well. well if I you give me a couple if you give me one of those beers that you yes. talked about, yeah. you'll see that you'll hear the, the you'll, hear, you'll, out? you'll hear the Slidell come out of my voice. Yes!
3: Yeah. <laughs> I love that <it> so much. <laughs>
2: yeah. But uh no, um I you know I did theater. Uh, I came to a place where I started working at restaurants, and I was doing like improv and stand up, and kind of like the starving artist sort of yeah. deal. Um, <clears throat> the restaurant life kind of started taking over a little bit too much, where I was going out a little bit too much. I was I serving are. serving the wine, and then drinking half the wine after the okay. shifts. And so I was kind of like, all right, I need to, I need to eject. Plan and uh, the Navy. I don't. I don't know. I, I had an upstairs neighbor who was a commercial diver, and he's like, "Yeah, there's got some Navy guys. I'm a commercial guy. You know, we do it better than the Navy guys. The Navy guys." And I thought like, oh, "Okay, let's go. Let's take a look. Let's go, let's go take, have, a, have a have a sit down." And I was like, "You know, they, the recruiter asked me and What are they? What are you good at doing?'" And I was like, "Oh, I'm good at taking pictures. I like doing photography." Yeah. but no, no, I can't. Do all right, <laughs> well, um, what else you get? I was like, I'm a really strong swimmer. They're you know, like, air rescue swimmer. You should be jumping out of helicopters and saving people. <clears throat> and I started getting groomed because there's mentors. Once you, when you want to join one of those challenge programs, SEAL, SWIC, UD, et cetera, uh, you get a mentor. It's usually a prior frog, you know, that yeah. helps you out. Like, a, you know, swimmer tired. And it was an air rescue swimmer, and he was teaching me how to run, pull-ups, push-ups, get my stamina up. Yeah. And by not knowing how the military worked and knowing that, like, Within the military there's branches, and then within those branches, there's a bajillion different communities that are very tight. Yeah. Um I, there was another guy who was a navy diver and I started talking to him and he's like, Tommy, uh, the dive program has a lot more science, a lot more engineering, a lot more medicine. Yeah. Do you want to sit in a, a wetsuit and fly around in a helicopter or do you want to be out on dive side? You know, and yeah. not in the air rescue because they do awesome stuff, but uh but I switched. Okay. And the guy who was like my one who was really kind of grooming me for the air oh, rescue no. program, he was yeah, he was visibly like like mad with me, and at the time I didn't understand, so I'm like, hey man, we're all going to be in the Navy, I'll see you on the ship, you know, down we'll, by be the, uh, yeah, we'll, be, we'll probably swap the deck together, who we'll knows, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's like, you know you're going to be in a completely different community, right, and I was like, uh yeah, sorry bro, but I, I want to be a diver instead, and so I switched, yeah, went diver, never looked back, uh, I failed in the beginning, you're like, guess. oh shit! Was
1: this the right decision?
2: Well, I mean, I feel it was academic failure. Oh,
1: I was like, no. am I? Am,
2: I'm too stupid to wrap my head around how to add and subtract time really quickly.
1: Yeah, that was a tricky one.
2: Yeah, well, and I was also 27.
1: Oh, oh, you're an old guy I for joining. I was one of the
2: old guys. You came in as a baby, right?
1: I was 18, man.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I came out. Like, came out like barely fresh out of the womb. God, I you know.
2: That that takes that takes so much more gall and so much more self control. No, than it's I stupidity. Ever had. Okay, it's stupidity <laughs> and experience
1: and nobody telling you right from wrong to right. know what you're doing.
2: Yeah. But yeah. did it? I mean, did, did that? Did that give you kind of a foundation for a lot of other things?
1: Um, for sure. I mean, I feel like there's only so much foundation blowing people up for a living can give you outside of that world. I mean, I was an <laughs> yeah. artillery gunner. I was on the guns. I was on the triple sevens, and then I was infantry. So they don't. It's kind of frowned upon in Canada when you just get out as a city and just start shooting people. So like, yeah. there wasn't a transition
4: yeah. point for me. <laughs> right. There
1: wasn't like a. You learn skills. It was like my skills don't transition. Yeah. They just don't. Period. So right. no, it wasn't quite. Wasn't quite as good as it could be. Yeah, but, but yeah, you were. I mean, you were old enough to have a little bit of a head on your shoulders, so that's that's a nice thing. But I get I get learning and having to add is like learning and having to switch that kind of information on. I mean, that I'm, honestly, that's not something I could do.
2: Right. Well, they call when they call it gene from a fire hose. It comes quick. It was one week. It was uh, the physics I was fine with. the Medicine I was fine with. It was the it was the adding and subtracting time. Because everything with divers, the biggest thing they say is that we manage time and depth. Got it. And everything is once you leave surface, you are that that diver that diver that person has now become a patient. Oh. And also, we are giving them life support because they have an umbilical. Oh. So we we literally have a, a two a, a one or two people on life support that are down in the water. And so when we bring them up and over, they also need care. They need there's a ten minute clean time that we actually sit them and we won't we don't sit them like. Observe them like that, like, Keep an eye. Keep an eye <laughs> we're like, hey man, stay right here, Get to yep. the bathroom, let us know we'll walk you. Yep. Because at first ten minutes you're you're most susceptible to something called the AGE arterial gas symbolism. It's basically the yep. equivalent of having a stroke. Um, but uh <clears throat> yeah, I, I wanted to be a diver. I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around it. Um I thought they were gonna like kick me out of the program completely because they like my attitude and they like that I, I would I encourage other guys, I was positive most of the time you yeah. know
1: uh, you're a leader and, because of your age and you have that above a lot of the other people coming in I probably.
2: think so because you yeah they had they had quite a few guys that were like uh, that never lost before
3: oh. like, you know I never
2: felt that they were you know yeah. all-star baseball guys varsity football guys college you know athletes mm-hmm. and once they get that first gut check of I'm not good enough I didn't make it it's like they're just it's like that you see their like that anger fester in them and me, i be like, you know what? This is something new I'm trying, and I've tried other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I don't want to fail, and I and I had no like failure was never even like as far as the physical stuff was never an option.
3: Mm-hmm. I,
2: I studied, I studied my best for that test. But yeah, I like, did what like, I could. You know, Tommy double tapped, yeah, but but I was allowed. I was a rollback, so they, they call them they call them effing uh, rollbacks. You know, like okay. rollback. Yeah, you know, but, but I rolled back. But in my rollback time, I sat and found the smartest dude and was like and he would, evidently was from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So he, would, he I knew I could from have home. been better. I was like, okay, set me up with a left surface and a re surface yep. and I want a bottom time. Yep. And then I'll weigh out all the all the all the math in between. And so I did it. And did did it. Passed it, made it, came a diver and mm-hmm. uh didn't think that <clears throat> it's really it's, it's you know it's almost uh, ironic. I thought to myself, I'm going to go 6 years mm-hmm. and then jump into the commercial dive world mm-hmm. where within the first year in Hawaii doing salvage diving I absolutely loved it with every fiber of my body and never wanted to quit really oh yeah it was I it's, mean it's incredible
1: well you're speaking so okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to break it down a little bit because you're speaking a, you're speaking a different language for a lot of my listeners which is incredible because to talk to somebody who's been in this world I know I when I had Paul together on he was incredible to chat with obviously. Most people listening know that my mics uh, cropped out pretty bad for me, so I know it's quite a hard episode to listen to. My We didn't realize it till afterward, but my um, my mics sounds like I was underwater, which was really ironic.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he
1: was good to go, but it sounded like I was underwater, and was, it, the damage was done. We couldn't fix it. So I know it's a hard episode to listen to, but I encourage people to go back and listen to it, because Paul was a Navy diver, but he was an explosives guy, and... Um, when I got the chance to talk to you, I kind of wanted to pull this apart a little bit more because I don't, I don't know any navy divers. I didn't uh, know. I knew in the world of you know the navy, there are like um, a ton of different jobs, like there are anywhere else. But when it came to diving, the things I know about diving are from the civilian world. So I understand you go up too fast. You can't, that's a big problem. You know your rebreathers. Like uh, you know if you've ever watched any of the um, documentaries on shark finning, uh, you know you, you know about the gentleman. I can't. His name is you know, TBI brain. Um, His name is like totally over my head here, but he he really worked really hard on to stop the shark finning industry. And Mm. he went out on his last dive and during the documentary and he had a rebreather and
2: he flooded out.
1: Yeah. And he, they found him in the water a while ago after that. So they did find his body fortunately, but it was a really tragic kind of situation. And I know the people don't quite understand that when you go under the level of danger, you put yourself in is completely different than you know running on a battlefield that's a totally different subset of issues. You've got explosives up here But when you've got explosives in the water the way things explode in the water the, the, the you know the waves up of that and then just the constant You know, like you said watching your levels watching your breathing you're up and you're down and that's a whole world I don't understand. I don't understand any of it so when they're teaching you how to dive,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and they're teaching you these things the the thing I also didn't realize is that you guys wear the gnarly ass helmets. Like, you guys don't just go down, like, with a regular scuba situation. Like, how does this all... Explain to me how this all works. Because when I joined the military and I saw people in the Navy, I'd never seen any of this before.
2: Okay, so uh, the so the big yellow helmet is the one that the... Sure, there's a
1: great name the, for it. The
2: KM97. There it yeah. is. KM97. Well, there's... KM97, There's the newest ones, but they're always changing them. See, I came up with the KM37, and now we okay. have the 97, and they're Yeah. The yeah, But uh, basically... You have a neck dam that goes over your head first, yep. and that neoprene is kind of the suction that keeps everything. It Doesn't suck too tight, but uh, there's positive pressure constantly going into that vessel, into yep. that little helmet. And yep. so, if you compare that to, you know, like the old Mark V divers like this. Yep. So back then, the entire suit was pressurized, and so this these, these guys, these brave men and women who went down <laughs> in these suits, they were they had a lead weight wrapped around their legs. They had heavy boots. They inflated the entire suit, including the helmet with air. So they're kind of walking around like this.
1: That's insane. And then they're
2: welding and doing things underwater with these mitts. We uh, thank God for modern technology. We <laughs> have better equipment. So ours is just a neck dam that goes on. So the positive pressure is all there, all in your nugget. And So you can, you can move, but you still have a bailout bottle. Uh, the deeper you go down, the more, if you're on air, if you're breathing just regular nitrogen and oxygen, yeah. um, <clears throat> the further you go down, the higher partial pressure of uh, the, the nitrous, the nitrogen okay. gets. Yep. and so at at around one hundred and eighty, around that you start getting, you start losing your mind a little bit. Really? You start getting drunk. You start getting. They call it nitrogen narcosis. Okay. And so you get a little crazy. And so the I'd say like my my big war story, my big I guess the big the biggest dive that I was on was yep. uh, was an eighteen F eighteen Super Hornet mm-hmm. that went off the flight deck of a carrier. Uh, it had a catastrophic engine failure. Both pilots ejected. Both pilots were saved. Which I was is just gonna
1: say they, they ejected in time.
2: Yeah, I got
1: it. I'm gonna I'm gonna totally I'm gonna so just sure, sure, sure. follow with me if you can. If you yeah. don't, you just just tell me and I'll go i backwards. Okay. When uh, F eighteen takes off carrier. So you're talking about the carriers in the ocean. I'm just this is for my listeners. So you're talking about these big massive fleets that yes, these things big take aircraft off. Aircraft carriers. Yeah. These aircraft carriers. And the U S has a beautiful subset of these things. I honestly don't even know how many Canada has. If we have, we've got to have
2: some. You probably have
1: two. <laughs> I Feels saying. like a lot, not. <laughs> I feel like we should have more than two. That seems just tragic to me. But when these, I've seen, I've never seen one in a person. It's something I do want to witness at some point in my life is seeing when these things take off because the runway is, is, is minimal. There's nothing. There's absolutely no, nothing. There's no room for error. No. So when that error happens and an F eighteen goes into the ocean, what's the level of shit these people are going to get?
2: You know, uh, when we were doing the recovery, yeah. we had we had engineers who knew about the engines. We had the commanding officer from that carrier yeah. on board, and then we had like a couple, like a scientist. So there was. <laughs> there it, might, it might not
1: even be pilot error. Then at that point, what oh, you're no, saying this could be no. completely mechanical. This
2: was a this was a engineering a faulty. Um, I don't know, and and it's way above my crate grade. I was yeah. I was a dope on a rope sent down and yeah, pulled back
3: then up. in the, the water.
2: Hey, you guys look get that.
3: Plane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: I feel you. <laughs> like, you guys are you guys are dumb young. You'll get that. Right. You know?
1: It's just a gnarly situation <laughs> though to see because I'm sure. That that can't happen very often.
2: No, no, it doesn't. And and the the, the coolest thing about this is that both their lives are saved. Yeah. Thank One you. of the, the, I mean, those ejection seats. I'm sure you've seen them pop off. The, we had their, a
1: situation. Um, we had a, you know, those uh, like not the, uh, you guys have them. They do the smoke shows and stuff like that. Oh my god. Oh air talking. shows. Thank you. Yeah, you know yeah. the air shows. But we had a situation last summer, where we lost pilot. Oh during an air show. Yes, I
2: remember that. Oh my god. During yeah, that the, was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, so she
1: she uh I think she ejected, but I don't she didn't live. And then there was another Yeah, so we've had we've seen it. Um I remember watching the flyover when they did it in honor of her. Yeah. Um but to see somebody actually eject, it, it, the chances of them surviving like it's they're really lucky. They're very fortunate yeah. to. They're gonna have broken bones. Oh, easily, your yeah. like whole body cast kind of situation.
2: Yeah, but the one one pilot, I think he had uh, he hurt his back, and he'll probably be a, he'll probably be flying a, a desk for the rest, of, mm. the rest of his time. So he wasn't, he wasn't paralyzed; he just busted up. you no, know. the fine. On. Yeah, um, but the those those air those you know sixteen million dollar aircrafts, they have a lot of information. They do a lot of shit that other countries don't do. Well,
1: that's it. You have to get those things off the ocean floor,
2: and we had to get them back. And well, the thing is, where we were. I don't think that country even had the capacity or the capability to go that far. Can down. you say where you were? Uh Iranian Sea. Oh, or, oh,
1: why? Yeah. We're oh
2: <laughs> okay.
1: I'm not it's going click 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 in my brain. Yeah, okay, it's all making sense. We
2: really wanted that airplane. Now. We
1: really needed that plane <laughs>
2: real bad. Need that plane nuclear back
1: countries are have the capacity we really need that plane back
2: real quick we've got some stuff that that plane does that nobody else does we yeah. Tesla. We, yeah. yeah. tesla we had the tesla before tesla was a tesla
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly.
2: okay i got you um so so yeah so they so honestly for a dive that deep for that long in that area of dive they should have flown in at a, a, a mixed gas console uh-huh. so where not only are you breathing Air yes. you're breathing helium and so for your for these non-diver listeners that you may have uh, when you're good when you go down in the water you can go down deeper and you, for a longer duration that's the most important part on on helium they call it heliox so, so it's a mix of helium and oxygen so
1: what's the max amount of time you can do with nitrogen versus the heliox
2: uh, so air depth so our max our, our max depth max depth apparel um, yeah.
1: hashtag <laughs> max, real, real quick, yeah. max
2: depth apparel real quick max depth apparel buddy old nickel down in San Diego miss um, Misses you
1: a lot. This uh, is talking about San Diego deeply <laughs> and how it really struggles up in
2: Canada. Yeah. It's okay, I feel you. Um, so for for uh, for air diving, we were going down to about 186 feet, 190 max depth, uh, with two chamber periods afterwards. Okay, that means that you have now breathed in so much air, and you have and you have introduced so much air into your into your bloodstream mm-hmm. that when you come up and over. They, you're on a stage. Imagine, if you will, like just a, a yellow cage yep. that two divers yep. get into, and they lower you down the water. Well, they pull you back up, and at the 40-foot stop, that's 40 feet from where you're at to the surface of the water, they stop, and they—okay. Um, uh, <clears throat> they stop, and they're like, "All right, divers, next stop is going to be 50 feet in the chamber. Are you ready to come up and over?" And you're like, "All right, ready." They bring you over, and you have five minutes to get from that 40-foot stop to up and over the guys. Pull all your helmet off, your harness yeah. off, your boots off, and then in the chamber you put your 0 two mask, and then whoosh, they press you back down, so you can slowly metabolize. So you can get, so you can first off breathe too yeah, which helps metabolize the Correct. nitrogen, and so they can slowly kind of bring you up. So they, so you
1: gotta go up, get out, go back down, and, and chill. You're
2: not, but you're not going down anywhere physically. Oh,
1: okay, okay. The,
2: the chamber is is literally just like a like a tube of air so it's
1: like one of those ones you can go to is
2: it hyperbaric, a hyperbaric. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: okay yeah. so I'm following I'm tracking got you. yeah
2: yeah and so then you go yeah, you in the tube and then you pss, and you're just sitting you're just sitting there you're not going down anywhere but there's a gauge that's telling that should that indicates it's telling you yep yeah, that okay all right all right divers uh ready to come to your 40 you know your 40 foot stop you're here at your 40 foot stop take a break you take air breaks every now yep. and then where you pull the mask off but um, but uh we have, we to two uh two chamber periods which are yeah, 20 minutes, 20 minutes long. So depending on how far down you go, it just it just matters how long you you are going to have to uh, serve a decompression period. So
1: there's a time, you know, down this far, it goes this long. you down this far, you go down this long.
2: Precisely. The, 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 the rule of thumb is 60 for 60.
3: Oh, okay.
2: You can stay down 60 feet for 60 minutes um, without incurring any kind of penalty, which means that, like, if you come up slowly, you're good. once you're up and over, you're good to go. Yeah. Okay.
1: So after the 60 feet, that's when you start to have ramifications if you don't do all this properly. Well,
2: if you were like if you were down 60 feet and then you got like stuck or fouled and then it was it was you were like you're blowing your bottom time basically. Yeah even if you came up slow, you'd still have to go into the chamber because you yeah. can develop, basically your your elbow might start hurting, your joints, it's called the bends. You yeah, the bends. you'll
1: get the bends. Yeah, 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 I know what that is. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. that's the one that everyone's familiar with. But, uh, I
1: think that's like the most civilianized and like through film and everything, I think that's the most regular way that people can understand it. Yeah. So I feel like there's, um, like the, there's different, you know, there's different uh, languages in the military for d- different units and different, you know, lingo, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to diving, I feel like there's so much specific lingo that if i were to sit there like i watched that video of you on on um, instagram and it was like after you name your like name your kids after you after you join navy diving
3: uh,
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're like you, you said something like come here no no come here and then you're like saying all this lingo and i'm like nobody would understand you because it's such specific language to your to your job yeah
2: in like a way that I've never heard any other military unit speak. And the divers are
1: like, "Yay, they're cracking
2: yeah. up they're <laughs>
3: yeah. like, I get this. I get this. I understand. Cuz
2: we know we are, we are we're the, we are we are kind of the um the outlier, we're the fringe, the fringe yeah. uh, group. We're not we, we don't have bullets whizzing over our heads, but we have we're beneath the surface of the water. So it's a whole different It's a
1: literally a different world.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is and with Navy diving specifically, with Navy divers, that is our bread and butter. So we're either doing salvage we're doing uh, salvage, meaning any helicopter, submarine, airplane, yeah. anything that goes down in the water, we pull it up. But we okay. pulled up a, 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 chef, a Ford Mustang, a Mustang in Hawaii, because some dude drove it off the pier. So. And They call them
1: the military for that?
2: Call, call them, boys. They can't.
1: They just can't. Okay, okay. We're,
2: we're probably cheaper than the commercial divers. I was just
1: going to say, commercial <laughs> divers can actually charge more. Where you guys are at a base rate, and yeah. no matter what you do, you're paying.
2: The, the city of Honolulu
1: ah, deems
2: necessary for yes. so the safety of our people that the military boys come out and get this. Yes, they don't want
1: to do that. So, so let's bring it back. So then you're doing, you know, if you're doing your body mount, you're you're down six. So you do it by time. So sixty feet. That's when your kind of baseline is. Before, as long as you go up slowly, you're not going to get the bends, and you're good to go from there. So yes. explain to me then why and how far you can go down with these different oxygen. So you, how deep can you go with just regular oxygen? Like, what's the max out?
2: Well, uh, you're Your always so so. if you're going up on a helium dive, the deepest we go is 325. Okay.
3: 325
2: feet. There's guys out in the Gulf of Mexico that are commercial boys, that are yeah. commercial diver guys. Yeah. Uh, they go down... A thousand feet, but Whoa. they but they spin, but they do it. It's called saturation diving. Where okay. they, where they put you in a bell. It's actually like a, a chamber that goes in the water. Yeah, and they and they pressurize that on surface to match the depth that you're going to. So once that bell gets down to that surface, that that uh, depth in the water column, they can open that vessel and just swim right out.
3: Oh, what? <laughs>
2: yeah, so you're fully, and they call it sat diving. It's called it's meant for it's meant the, sat is saturation. Mm-hmm. because your blood is fully saturated with with n- nitrogen yeah and they basically say i think it's for like every day in the water it's a week of decompression oh my god the navy divers don't do this this is like com- on the commercial side of the house okay. but uh but yeah they'll sit in a the chamber they'll have stove they'll have magazines they'll have whatever and these in these big chambers where they slowly bring them back up to surface and slowly but they've got to sit in there for weeks at a time because they've got to, the, the, their blood will explode you basically your blood will boil. Like a so oh. like a shaking up soda pop. yes yeah. You know, like that. I'll, yeah. It's, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of serious, but, you know. <laughs> don't
1: mind my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. There's, I just had a visual of that in my brain of somebody oh. just shaking somebody and watching their head pop off. Sorry.
2: Yeah, I don't think about it too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I
1: wouldn't either.
2: <laughs> so there's the bends. And then the other reason why you can't hold your breath and you can't just bolt to the surface yeah. is called AGE, our gas symbolism. And that's where you actually have a bubble. Boop. <laughs> Yep. Pop or or you have so much uh, air in your lungs that you get a pneumothorax. Yep. Okay. And, and, that's, and they have tension and suction pneumothorax. So I think one of the one of the uh, names was like pneumothorax. Pneumothorax, come yeah. back. Pneumothorax, come come on, come get here. off the slide. Yeah. Just <laughs> come here real quick.
1: Pneumothorax.
2: I need you to come here. Come on, little nemo. <laughs> come on, That memo, was me. it. Yeah, that was <laughs> the Let's do it. it come
1: on come on yeah I love that so much that was that was such a hilarious video to me I'm sorry I just appreciated that
2: no uh, no no I, that was that was fun I was at Port green you know
1: what else are you gonna do my god these kids you gotta uh, they're the names that we're coming up with nowadays Jesus it, that's yeah. like a normal name I mean so I, I saw like the, jumping on a different point here I just saw recently on like a you know Instagram thing or whatever it was like top baby names of the year and I was like what <laughs> are these names one of the top baby names of this year was called ocean oh.
2: <laughs>
1: I was like okay okay all
2: right
1: ocean I thought Jack was you know but old school enough but apparently we're going with ocean I mean there's people calling for the blanket and apples yeah I mean but... I can't I mean I can't I can't say anything I can't really make any comments about it, but Jesus Christ, that's an interesting way to name your child. we will leave it like that. So when you were doing these types of dives within the Navy, how often are you diving, first off? And when you deploy, how, what does that look like for you guys?
2: Um, every Well, so at, at my last place in San Diego, every single day, every day there was a dive.
3: I'm a little closer to the mic. Love? oh sorry it's okay every
2: single day there was a dive okay. um, it was either it was either uh on a sub on a carrier on uh on a, a destroyer for whichever yeah. whichever kind of you know lsv whatever kind of ship they had come in but yeah but navy divers we just do diving there's other there's other rates like there's the, the EOD guys there's yeah. the recon the recon Marines there's okay. the seals their diving is to get from point A to point b where It's our bread and butter. That's where so you I, just live.
1: you underwater.
2: That's where we, every day, it's like, that's what that's what we're going to do. We support those guys. We support the guys that go out for those missions for insertion that need to be underwater. But I just wanted no, just no, 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 to, to differentiate that. No, yeah. but it's
1: important. Like I said, my listeners might not know this, and I think it's really important to explain it to them because, that, that, you know, when people hear Navy, it's either Navy SEALs mm. or it's, or it's, YMCA <laughs> on the ships, and, and so I think there's a good way to explain and differentiate. So I'm glad that you're doing that, it's important for people. Um, so, when you deploy, what were your You've deployed before, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, how many deployments have you done? Two. Okay, and on those deployments, was the first one that you had the Iranian?
2: No, the second one, the first one was on uh, a jump boat. Okay, so tell it's, me about it. it's a big, to, it's an ARS class, it's a big ocean tugboat oh, okay. with a giant boom on the back that can pull up 40 tons. Ooh. And so, uh, they put a dive team on there, there's a recompression chamber on there, and uh, we basically just kind of popped around the South Pacific and where we were needed. We did, we did. Uh, we went off the coast of Cambodia, we searched for a, a downed Vietnam era helicopter. There's no closure. So we're still doing it. We're still going at it. Holy shit.
1: So you're pulling up stuff from, like, way back. Oh, yeah. Well, not way back, but way back enough that I wouldn't think that there would even be need to pull that up.
2: Oh, we still pull up. We, we still pull up uh, Civil War era. Um what? Ships and ordnance and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah.
1: I get the explosive. My God, that'd be so cool.
2: I wish I had, had a chance to do it. I would, I would love to do one of those jobs. It'd be amazing.
1: Oh, my God. I'm really jealous. I'm such a history buff. So to be able to pull that kind of stuff up would just be, oh, you put me in all oh, these like,
2: Oh. Yeah, if there's, a, if there's interest for it, I'd say the, I'd say the coolest one, the ho- coolest historical dive I got to do was uh, Pearl Harbor.
1: Oh my, okay, okay, we're going to okay, we're gonna get into that. Okay, Hold on. okay. Hold on, so, so when you do your deployments, when you're uh, a Navy diver, how long are your deployments? Six months. So you do more of the Canadian length?
2: Yes. Okay. Is that
1: due to the fact that there's just an oxygen and the constant beat up on the body and going down and up and down and up? Is that why you have shorter? Because I know a lot of Americans, at least the Americans I've had experiences with, if they're not as, you know, if they're not soft guys, they're, you know, uh, Marines or Army and stuff like that. They, some of the guys I deployed with, they were, you know, nine, 11, 12 month tours. Uh,
2: They do, they do those like, they'll do like a year on a company sort of tour, but yeah, regular Navy diver deployment. Six months in and okay. out. Um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure why. I think it's because with the salvage, with the salvage commands, they have, uh, I think, about, uh, I guess, anywhere from five to, to ten different companies. Oh, okay. So every t- company is a team of guys. you got two chiefs, uh, a warrant, like a dive officer, mm-hmm. and then a master diver that okay. kind of oversees the whole deal.
1: And how many people are on each dive team?
2: About anywhere from, I'd say, 12 to 20.
1: Also, well, there's quite a few guys.
2: Oh yeah, they have guys from very beginning to first class guys, about to make chief. Oh wow! Are, are and on so your, on your dive team.
1: when you dive, do you dive accompanied with how many people do you dive with at a time?
2: Ideally, to uh, one, uh, two people in the water, one guy for standby. Okay. If it's a quick, if it's a quick underwater husbandry job, job that doesn't take very long, like an inspection job, or something quick, you might just splash one diver. There's always going to be a standby. Yeah. there's going to be somebody standing there in case somebody says, hey, I'm trapped, I'm fouled, whatever it is. They need
1: to come down and help you.
2: They need to come on, yeah. Okay. Exactly.
1: Huh. Um,
2: <clears throat> but, like, was like, with the, uh, you know, we get, we get our hands on each one of the dive rigs. Okay. So, for, like, uh, recon sniper guys, they usually use rebreathers. Yep. And with rebreathers, you're breathing 100% oxygen. That's right. So, if you go any further down than 25 feet in the water column, you're gonna get what's called CNSO2 toxicity. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna basically have a seizure.
3: Oh, fantastic! Um,
2: so yeah, so you gotta stay you gotta stay at that 25 foot level. You might make an excursion to 50 foot. One ex- one excursion is allowed, but then you gotta come right back up to 20 level.
1: Feet. Back off.
2: Yeah. So and anybody that's interested yeah. in getting the diving program, make sure if you want to be one of the Navy divers who are turning wrenches every day and doing mechanical stuff and salvage and rigging. Make sure you go navy diver because if you go army combat diver, you're going to be welcomed with a whole different world and a whole yeah. different sort of. Well, because I
1: know, I know the Navy SEALs. I mean, I've, I've listened to other podcasts and, and hearing them speak, and so like a lot of the Navy divers, and even Paul when we were having this discussion, he was like, you know, we would we'd be underwater, and you're like, you're you know, you're doing your dives, and it's like the bumps that you get. You know, because you don't go very deep, you go to a certain level of depth, and you know that's where a little more wildlife are and a little more <laughs> that, and you just kind of don't look. And you, if something bumps you, you just you just keep on moving.
2: Yeah, you, do. mm. you don't worry about it. the night, night dives are kind of are kind of uh, intimidating. Dicey. Yeah, a little intimidating, a little dicey. You know, um, especially if you're doing like a body search or something like that because it's it's dark.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: That's sorry. I just as scary. soon as you say like a body search at night, all I all I picture is like diving and then just like that hurt,
2: like ugh. even even for training. And I've never seen it. I've never seen it in our body ugh. at depth, you know. But yeah, but even we train, we train at night, train in the day, you know, train for every whatever circumstances we might come to. But uh, but yeah, that with that that F um, eighteen, <clears throat> it was at 190 feet. So guys are going down there and they're just losing their minds. Like, they were like, we were like, we had a couple guys that went down to the to the project and they lost interest. Like, you mean
4: they
1: lost interest? They
2: were like, hey, I see the project. All right, we'll go, go, we're gonna, we're gonna check out the project. No, I'm gonna get back to the space.
1: So, when you mean project, you see the ship, you, the you, ship, see, the, you see the plane, you the see the F 18 that's down there. When you're, okay, so I got so many questions. When you're down there and you guys, okay, so I see the project, so you see the ship, you see the plane, it's there. How far are you off the coast of Iran? And what's the response like? Because if a plane takes off and things like that, they obviously know you're in the water space. they got to know, right? Oh, yeah.
2: They were they were around. They were kind of doing a little bit of intimidation stuff. Like, they were kind of...
1: Circling and...
2: Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't want...
1: Do you, do you think there would have been a point where they wouldn't have allowed you guys to get to that plane?
2: Uh, we had... Because we had the junk boat or the ocean tug right there. But then we had the, another another destroyer doing circles circling around like us. It. And then we had the carrier that was attached to that destroyer, doing bigger ones. And we were sleeping on the destroyer. A couple of guys were we were transporting back to the destroyer.
4: Yeah.
2: And I was like, it was the day that the the other other countries' boats were were circling us, like the Iranians were circling us. That's like
1: intimidation. Like that's an act of war.
2: Right. So so we so we were talking to some of the ship's crew because we're out on the like we're out on the weather deck. We're like, hey man, did you guys see those boats? They're like. Uh, we have, we literally have like uh, like three or four buttons to press, and that thing would just be blown out of the water. And I was like, glad you guys are here. Right? <laughs> but that's,
1: that, you do that, but you can't do that. Because if you actually do that, you hit that button, you started World War III.
2: Yeah, and the sad thing is they'd have to fire first.
1: That's what I mean. And then it would look like an act of aggression from the United States when realistically it, and it would have been reported that way. Like, the United States yeah. attacked Iran, but the problem is is they're, they're intimidating and trying to get you guys to not go down. Was there a point that when you guys, this happened, would you ever, and I, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm asking for my listeners, would you have ever abandoned that temporarily in order to go deal with something else if there was, like, an emergency situation? Would you have left that plane unattended?
2: Oh, if we were just getting attacked? I don't know. Um I know that on the boat at the moment we had a security detail. We had like we had a couple guys that were like MAs and Gunners. You know that were that brought, yeah. brought a couple larger weapons with them. Okay. And once that happened, they were like snake snakebite, snake bike or whatever code they had yeah. and they all like pretty much manned up cuz it was weird. It was like it was like a foggy day and we have divers in the water.
1: Which is already sketchy. And now. we're we're
2: sitting ducks. Yeah, we're not armed. We're just kind of like we got divers. like dude so we were are worried about a console, we're about comms, we're worried about there's a dive soup, you know, we're it, Full dive side. Full dive side is like a whole group of dudes, and then out of the mist, this this boat just kind of comes up like facing us. It did have weapons. Nobody was behind them, but did have did have weapons, and then that's when the ma's like were like, oh no! And I was kind of like, I was tending, so I was holding uh, an umbilical in my hand. Yeah. And then I'm, as I'm tending, I'm like, what can I get behind to get some? Yeah, kind really, because you got to get no some cover. Kind of cover? Yeah. They just
1: pick you off, and you ain't
3: yeah. nothin'.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, a... I'm gonna, am going get behind this metal thing, and still, I'm yeah. still tending kind of. Yeah. Should we maybe start getting the divers back to the stage and get them up and out? Like, what's the deal here? And, uh, but it, nothing, nothing ever happened. So,
1: what types of ships were they sending up around you? Like, were they, were they, were these like civilian ships, or were these like their military? They were no, they
2: were, they were like fishing boats. But you saw like big antennas popping out. Of the Well, top they're bottom. not
1: fishing boats. No. They're... <laughs> <laughs> Iran doesn't just show up with fishing boats. That's right. their—that's their, you know, their way of pretending that they're being all discreet and and whatnot, which is which is bullshit. Yeah, like if you, yeah, that's that's not.
2: They were uh, definitely some kind of intelligence. Yeah, because they had they, like they it was like a fishing boat costume mm-hmm. with a big giant antenna sticking out at the top of it. So you know they were relaying back. They knew our location. Yeah, they they were kind of like it's almost like, it's almost almost like older kids circling around a younger kid at a playground. Yep. Just saying, uh uh-huh, yeah, look at like yep. you look we look, you can't touch us, you mm-hmm. can't touch us. Yeah. after a while we were like we we're just like waving to him. Like,
3: <laughs> hey Yeah yeah
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey morning guys you guys gonna hang out all day? Yeah, cool we're gonna be diving. Yeah this, we're gonna
1: be doing this. You know. Dude do I wonder I always it makes me um it makes me wonder if they would have do they have divers? Does Iran have divers?
2: They do but I don't think they have the capacity to go down to 190 feet.
1: Because that's when my thing was gonna. My next thing was gonna be is you know if you've got a plane that goes down, even if they had a plane that goes down, I always wonder how how deep they you know their capacity is to go down and if they could have salvaged it. When you're down there and you're looking at the project, so you're seeing this plane, you're seeing this plane in the ground. How do you even begin to attack how to pull that thing up and what it looks like and where to go from
2: there? Uh, we we game plan with the engineers. Okay. They had they had a guy who was like uh, I guess the main engine engineer and kind of understood the structural structure the plane. Uh, the hard part was once we got down there the silt would kick up and you could only see about maybe oh, okay. six inches. So you were kind of feeling a lot. You were kind of almost on your hands and knees. little blind. Kind of, yeah, a little blind. And once you find it... You like, yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, so we decided to do so. It cracked in half, uh, the engine half, the fuselage half, and it overturned as it went in the water. So the landing gear was sticking up.
1: Okay, hold. So when this thing took off, what happened? Explain to me. How, okay, so this thing takes off, clears clears the ship. Mm-hmm. What happens next?
2: It hit. It fell back down into the water. It just. I don't know exactly how if it turned in the air or what. You I didn't know, see didn't, it. No, no, okay. No, this was like uh, this was like. Uh, hey, morning, guys. Something really bad just happened. Or no, it was more like uh, get everybody in the, yeah, up we in the office. Situation. We got we got a situation. Let's talk about it. Who wants to come? Who wants to stay for the first rotation? Who wants to go for the Okay. Yeah. Um. So that what we were basically told is there's a plane, there's a plane in the sea. Yeah. We're gonna go get it. It's about 190 feet. We're pushing the boundaries of air right now. Yeah. We should go. We, it would be more preferable to have a mixed gas console out there. But we can but do it like this. We need to do this right now. Yeah. And it's, if it's at 186, the book says 190. So you're good to go. Yeah. With. Yeah. I was just gonna
1: say you're under the limit. So, but if you were, why was it such a rush? If you don't.
2: To pull it up if you don't think they had the capacity to do it, that's above my. <laughs> that's above your pay grade. They, above enough. my pay grade, yeah, Fair yeah. They, they, sure. they wanted us out there, like we're the we're the ready salvage team. Um, and you know, would it made a, a big difference if we had, had a mixed gas console? I I don't think because we hustled, we, hustled. Yeah. We, we we got we got it done. You know, yeah. uh, it it would have made things a little bit less tense. Maybe if we would had more time down there, Correct. because you only had thirty five minutes. Before you start incurring more uh, mm-hmm. more 2 periods on surface. So if you blew that thirty five minute threshold, now you're going into what they call it like so ex- 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 exceptional exposure diving, yeah. where you're doing more than four chamber periods at a time. And so it's just the more time at depth, the more. We don't know how the body's going to respond to yeah. this. Yeah, so and you you go to your
1: limits where we know the science, and then after that, you kind of either swap out divers, wait a period of time, and then try to play that game again. And go down. Exactly. Okay, so the landing gear is flipped upwards, and the plane's broken in half. Now, if a plane breaks in half like that, is that due to like maybe because when they ejected, like how? Why would a plane crack in half?
2: I think I think it's because they were getting up to altitude yeah it failed and when you hit, oh the
3: it from, hit up it yeah was up, up.
2: it was it was taking off so it was it was it was up and out i don't know how far off, off exactly how far off the lip of the roosevelt it was it was yeah. up but when it hit it that's cracked. like hitting cement yeah, yeah that initial hit and it cracked in half and i guess it just kind of floated you know things kind of tend to uh Feather down Uh a little bit. Sometimes they flip. But that was the cool part because the strongest part of the airplane is typically the running gear. Yeah. uh, Not the running, landing gear. gear, And so the way we got a good look at it, you know, um, I was down there and uh, we're like, okay, we decided we're going to put a pinnant around landing gear. You Uh run, pull, pull the the fuselage, pull the cockpit up, get that up and over. And then then they did another big wrap. They actually had another ocean tug, a bigger ocean tug with a bigger crane. Yeah. To support the weight of that of that uh, I was gonna of, of say, the engines,
1: because my the idea of picking up something like well, you know what that's like if you're literally describing anything out of the water that's got a larger surface and you're trying to pull it up against the resistance of water, I would think you would need more than just one tub to do that.
2: Yeah, and that makes had, sense. Yeah, they had we had we had to fly out uh, or not fly out, a float out a bigger. A bigger tug. I did I wasn't. I wasn't on the second rotation, so I didn't get to finish, complete the job. But I did get the first part, which was awesome. Which is yeah. you know. And but that's it. That was like that, that. That's like the biggest thing I got to do while I was a Navy diver, and I and I loved it so much. That's you so know? cool. So yeah. that was that's like salvage, and that I mean, the you can see the look in our master diver's eyes when he was telling us. He's like. Boys, this is the bread and butter right here. Mm-hmm. This is this is what we're trained to do. Yeah. This is what you're ready to do, and let's go. Let's go and knock this this project out. So it took thirty days, f- full total,
3: um, to get
2: everything up and over. They did two rotations, uh, but yeah, it was a blast. It was like it was, it was cool.
1: Shit, that's yeah. intense. I was. It's funny that um, I'm glad I'm talking to you now because I was I was actually explaining this to my husband recently. There was a I don't. Even, oh my god, I don't even know the date. I don't know exactly the. But I do know there was a, a sub, like a from another country, that you know years and years ago it 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 sunk. The thing there was issues and it went down and it went down with everybody in it. And I was explaining to him the compression and how that works. And you know he's a smart guy, so he gets it. But then I said to him, he's like, "Well, is that doubt still down there?"
2: I said, "Yeah, they,
1: there's only you know as far as I'm aware, there's only so deep you can go, and there's only so much capacity you have to bring up something like a sub."
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, they have a, we have a, a, a means it's called a IRC. I can't remember what the acronym is now, but it basically goes down, you attach it to the sunken vessel, and mm-hmm. you like, it's almost like a hatch. you know. So you, you crack it, and then you can open the hatch once everything's sealed, mm-hmm. and then pull the guys up and pull them in this vessel mm-hmm. and bring them back up. Submarine rescue, you know, it's going to be more of a recovery than a rescue. With Every, rescue. Time. Yeah. Every
1: time. Every time.
2: Yeah, so we had the, uh, the ones, the guys from, uh, right off the coast of the United States, they visited from, like, Spain or Portugal or something, and...
3: What
2: was this? A couple years ago. Okay. And they, and they pulled out of, out of the States, yep. and then, I don't know what happened, but while they were steaming back to wherever they were going, they we lost them, and that was, it was so sad, cause we had just met those guys.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't, so it wasn't, like, an enemy combatant, like... No, I'm not gonna let, okay, no, it was just like a mechanical possibly
2: or an engineering issue, yeah. And I mean, and that's why the, the Navy puts millions and millions in their subs because they've had incidents like the forestall where it was like a valve or a something or an o ring.
1: Explain
2: to me what that was. Oh, uh, the forestall, so I want to be
1: no, no, the no, no, no. A, best a, that you can,
2: yeah, yeah, because I'm yeah, it's a lot of uh Navy naval history that I'm, no, I'm, it's, fo- I'm it's, foggy on. It's
1: okay, I don't need um, exactly
2: I understand if I this is incorrect. So if you're mad about it, please email me. If you're mad, just be mad. If you're mad, then just change the channel. Yeah, change turn Turn it off. Unfollow me. Right. Um, but yeah, it was it was a bunch of guys. The whole entire the whole entire sub went down. This was like uh, I think the forties, late forties, early fifties. I'm
1: sorry, but being in a sub in the forties would have been a bad decision right from the get go. In front
2: of anybody's eyes. Yeah, no, I I I rode a sub from uh from the pier to the dry dock, and as soon as the hatch closed, I was like, no. I don't like this. Nope. <laughs> it's kind of weird. No
3: chance. But
2: um, but after that, they developed a program called SubSafe, and SubSafe okay. was like every single component of the sub must be passed, or must be you know Chapter or you. Yep. <laughs> exactly. It can't. You, I mean, even a screw, nuts and bolts, little things like that. Like it has to all be SubSafe. So there's a lot of uh, America has a lot of uh. Uh, controls that we put in place to prevent another foresaw or another tragic event like that from happening.
1: They still happen though, which is crazy.
2: Not very often, but yeah, sometimes. Sometimes you 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 might have something, but I mean, for us to lose a sub full of people now, outside of a, uh, it, it would be it would,
1: be uh, catastrophic.
2: Absolutely, and 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 it would be a lot of people. Like how how bad. Now? How how far off? How far how far from the light did you people stray to really? get the sub? Because it can't just be one guy. No. everything's double checked. You know, I mean, you two yeah. one is one, one is none, two is two is one. Yeah, like you know, everything is there's a secondary for everything, there's a backup for everything. Fire so, team buddies. So, exactly. Fire team
1: buddies to make sure that you know if you fuck up, that guy's got you. If you they fuck up, you've got them. It's there's a there's a, a reason they do everything. But with submarines, there's truly something horrific about a sub to me. That I can't describe it's like when you see uh when you see like a gray whale or something come up out of the ocean out of nowhere like just out of the depths and you see it kind of come up it's the same when you see a sub come up it's that yeah. that slow like oh my like I get goosebumps talking about it, it it's eerie yeah it's just eerie it's yeah. so eerie I don't know it's, it's actually a little terrifying to me I do have a few friends that are maybe guys um and I know some of them that that do subs, and I, there's no there's no fucking way you couldn't pay me enough, you couldn't give me anything I wanted in the world, you couldn't say you're doing this. But if you go into no chance, will I ever get in that too?
2: You don't want to smell your farts for three months? No, now?
3: I don't.
1: <laughs> I don't. I also don't want to feel like if somebody that I like, you know what it's like working in the military. There are there what we call shit pumps.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know what you guys call them. I think call them like pogs or like something like just people who are not great at their job. I'm sorry. There's too many fuck-ups
3: mm-hmm.
1: and too many uh, human error situations that can be caused in a tube under the ocean that I, I can't comprehend. It, it terrifies me on a level. that's one of my biggest fears is being in a sub. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you when you guys have to pull up a sub, if there is a situation you have to pull up a sub, like you said, it's almost always, it's never a rescue mission. It's almost always just get the sub back.
2: Get the recover the bodies.
1: So when a sub, this may be morbid. When a sub goes down, what does that look like for the people inside? How does that work?
2: I'm I'm sure it's a huge uh, emergency protocol. I don't I'm not sure I what
1: mean, it is. yeah, no, for sure. But what I'm saying, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask is, is it um, is it a lack of oxygen?
2: Is it oh, water why? coming
1: in? Is it um, is it just uh, loses power and it goes down and then it compresses like a can? Like, I'm, I'm curious how it works because when you go to a certain depth, obviously the pressure's so intense. I just wonder is it, I, I, I'm just curious if it's like a, a sinking issue because water takes on or if it's, they lose oxygen. And, you know, I'm curious how that works.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, you know, I haven't, there, there hasn't been a sub go down. That, that I've heard of in recent in recent years. Um, there is a Scott. There is a sub escape trainer mm-hmm. that Navy divers we, we train the submariners how to remove themselves. So if, yeah, uh, how does that if, work? Uh, so you basically put on this big gumby suit and They close one hatch, fill the next hatch with water And then once that hatch is filled with water, they open it up and poof, send you right to the surface and, if, oh, and, wow. and, and so you're then you're floating in a big gumby suit on surface. Okay, so that's what
1: those suits are. Yeah I've seen those suits before I wasn't sure what they were for. I thought, you know, I figured if a if a boat goes down, something like that, you're floating in the Pacific, that exactly. kind of situation. Hmm, interesting.
2: Yeah, well, they put, I mean, they put those on vessels like Coast Guard boats or any you know, other kind of boats. Yeah, I've know,
1: never like, been on a. I've never been on boats. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've never <laughs> been on boats.
2: But they, those are like those are like the last ditch. Oh shit! We're floating in the ocean. Okay, this is happening. At least I'm. At least I'm covered in neoprene, and I can cover my face and yeah. sit here and pray that somebody yeah. comes and gets me. Or we put out so many uh, powder packets in the water mm-hmm. That's, that somebody flying over sees this big green. We'll see thing. something,
1: hopefully. Yeah.
2: Well, okay. I want to. Uh, were you on a tank squad? Mm-hmm. No. Okay.
1: I'm artillery gunner through and through. So I was on a gun. Okay. Was, so um, how it works? Um, so when you're a gunner, you you, you know you train on your the artillery gun. So I was on an M777. Mm. So it's a this 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 gun can shoot uh 40 kilometers um uh, recorded 45 unrecorded for accuracy. They have a round that goes from I think it's like 100, 100 pounds to 107 pounds. And the M77 shoots a 155 millimeter round. Okay, so it's it goes up when I stand up, it goes up to my waist my mid torso and that's the full length of just the round, not including the charges. And there's the two guns on each unit, with each unit. So it's like I was with, um, God, it's been so long. Um, So my troop was uh, Alpha Troop, and I was with um, our battery out of 5 RALC out of Quebec. And so with each each unit, there's two sets of guns. So it's the same with, like, having a buddy system. So the one gun is here, which is, you know, off the one side. The other gun's the the other side. And it's very, very, very rare if one gun is by itself. You always have yeah. two guns at all times, and so my job um as a gun bunny was to be like to be on those things and and to either be loading the rounds um putting the rounds on the tray to be pulling the lanyard to be loading the charges to be you know anything that ran that gun and it's a you know a team of five to seven people yeah. I, that was I was one of those people
2: okay. and so That's cool. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a
1: straight gun bunny, but when I was yeah. overseas, I was only on the guns. For the first couple months of my tour, I okay. was borrowed. Yeah. So I got pulled off the guns to go with an infantry unit from the British military. Okay. And then I got taken with them on operation, and then so I switched from artillery to now I was playing infantry. Okay. On foot.
2: Um. Can I ask how how's that how's that con- how's that concussion when you pull the lanyard? Boom, oh, I've got you feel it in your you're soul, feeling right? Feel it in
1: your soul, yeah. and there's. It's funny, I'll show you a video after the podcast. Um, yeah. I'll upload it at some point when I when I get comfortable enough to do it. But it's us running the guns, and there was a situation where we actually had a, uh, a lanyard issue. So the lanyard is, it, for people that don't know, it's basically the rope that <laughs> you wrap around your waist, and when they say fire, you turn your hips and you and you make it go. Oh, so, you know, so
2: you're not pulling it. It's actually attached to it. it's No, it's not to attached it to your work. hips. So you
1: grab it with your arms like this, and... The, the 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 trick is you never want to just do this uh, with your arms. So you never want to just kind of pull left or right. There's it's a it's a fairly hard. You got to kind of go with yeah. it. So what they do, what they say to you is take your left hand with the rope in it, right hand, set it against your hips, and rotate your body with right. it. And it's it really doesn't take much to go, but you kind of can't have it on a hair trigger. You just can't. It's not how it works. Yeah. If you do mm-hmm. that thing's you're going to have ND so negligent discharges all through everything. And if you do that, what people don't understand about artillery is. When an artillery gun shoots, it's because there's people underneath it. So there's a Marine unit, an American infantry unit, uh, anybody on the ground, there's armored. But there's people calling us from way, way far away saying, fuck, we need support. So you're shooting over top of people. So you get those coordinates wrong. You shoot when you're not supposed to shoot. You're going to drop that round on somebody. Yeah. Simple as that. It's going to be a
2: friendly fire situation. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a
1: friendly fire situation all day long. And so when you're on these guns, like... There's a team. You've got the sergeant and the 2IC that are getting the commands from the OP. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're relaying them to us. Then you got a guy that's, you know, he's got um, we have these incredible computer systems now. They're incredibly accurate. And um, the technology behind them is fantastic. And this thing is, you know, I, I don't know know how to give a good idea here. They're huge. They're heavy. They're casings. huge. I've
2: seen them. They've- yeah.
1: No, even the computer. So you oh. take this computer, you click it onto the gun, and it's GPS-guided. Like, it's fucking brilliant. Oh, that's awesome. And then all you have are these big, Um, you've got a wheel on your left and a wheel on your right. And one, you know, does the vertical, one does the horizontal, and you're moving the gun. And what that big spinning wheel is, is that's moving you're the dying. barrel. And you're dialing up. You're dialing down. You're doing yeah. this. And it tracks it on this computer system, and it's electronic. And then you've got a guy over here prepping the charges, which make the, you know, the gun go boom. And then you've got the person who's going to load the charges. then you've got the guy that's loading the rounds onto the tray. then you've got another guy who's got this massive long it's hilarious. It's this massive long rod, and it's what once that tray comes down, because it's hydraulic,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you've got a guy that shoves that round way up into the gun. And then the charges come, and then you've got the other person taking the charges. There's seven charges. And they'll tell you, I want, we're going this distance, so that means four charges. So you take two out, and you tie it back up. So if you're making those charges incorrect, that that round's either going to go too short or too long. Yeah. And so, excuse me, you've got somebody shut, and then round goes down, tray goes down, round goes up. Charge go in, shove the charge up behind it, and then you move, and then the other guy takes that tray, tray goes back up. Then you've got the guy with the lanyard standing there waiting on the ready. And once the... Once the, um, that's all done, the person who's done the charges, I, I know it in French. I, it's funny because I don't actually know how to run a gun in English, even mm-hmm. though I am English. Yeah. So, you know, you've got the culasse uh, armée, so you close, the, you close it, um, and you get this massive, massive, big, huge piece of metal that kind of comes down, closes it off, and then you, you arm it with another arm. And with that arming, what that arming does, it's got this, uh, they're basically like little bullet casings. And it's hilarious to think that the gun won't even fire without this thing. Mm -hmm. It's like a charger. It's just like a mag. And you've got a certain amount of rounds uh, in it. And that's the little tink that makes the rounds go. That's like your
2: firing pin. It is. It's your firing
1: pin. So you load that in and you say, armé. Once that arm goes down, Mm -hmm. that lanyard's ready and hot. Okay. So you don't move. You don't even fucking flinch until you hear them say fire. Yeah. You don't, because I've seen an ND on an artillery gun during training with a live round uh-huh. with fuel underneath it, which are the forward observation officers.
2: Yeah.
1: I've never seen somebody scream so loud and excessive at another human being because that could kill <laughs> someone without yeah. even...
2: Well, yeah, you want to be dialed in with it. You want to, be, you want to definitely have uh, had a good night's sleep before you're working one of these.
1: But that's not how that works.
2: Right. So, yeah.
1: it, so you have to learn how to run this thing sleep-deprived. And yeah. so you just wait there on the ready, and when they're ready, you fire that thing. But the, the kicker is they're going to tell you how many rounds you want to send down range. So each gun has their own 2IC, their own sergeant, their own gun team. And they will. you'll both run out no matter what. Both guns are ready at all times. And you'll hear like, you know, one run, run round, it'll be either loom, it could be, we could be shooting loom, could be shooting HE, you could be shooting, you know, high explosive in so the shrapnel explodes in the air and then it comes down and rains hell on people. It really just depends what they're calling for. And you could get one round to 20 rounds yeah. or more, and you just keep going. And so they will be like 10 rounds, you know, fire when ready. Well, that just means go as fast as you fucking can.
2: So how, okay, so you fired off a round. Yeah. What's your, what's your time frame before seconds. reset uh, for the, for the next one to come out yeah. seconds, you just boom, you relive. just keep it,
1: you go hot, you just go hot. So if they're yeah. saying, I want 10 rounds, fire when ready, wow. then it's like, so the sergeant's still calling it. So like he's watching everything, making sure everybody's doing everything that they need to be doing and everybody knows their part. So you'll got the guy who's going to be standing over here. Who's got the rounds lined up and ready. And we know that's how many rounds got to go. And then you've got the way that these artillery guns work nowadays is they're hydraulic. So, when the hydraulics go off and a round kicks off, boom, it steadies itself and, and, it, and it kicks this hydraulic pressure up again and it's ready for another round. Okay, But we have situations where the hydraulics don't kick in. and now you gotta you gotta manually pump this thing. So the, this is where being tiny like me comes, you know, loading these rounds and pumping this comes into a little bit of a tricky situation.
3: Yeah,
1: because it's not like you just pump it you've got a very long baseball length, if not a little longer metal pole that comes out the side, you take it, you pop it into the side of it. And if you're not watching this, it's basically you put your whole body weight into moving this thing forward and back and you got to pump, pump, pump. And eventually you'll get to the point where it's like, like you're literally all your weight and your body checking this thing in. And you hope that never happens, but you also have situations where the lanyard won't pull from that area. Mm. So when you're talking about the pressure, we have the video I was mentioning. So we have our sergeant, he had to click it on to right where you um, the closure of the breeches. So once I arm that thing, mm-hmm. in the middle, the, the rounds, oh my God, my brain is on fire. Sorry if I'm not doing <laughs> language properly. The barrel, once it actually kicks, it will come back at you like a fucking Mack truck coming at you. So the, when you shoot an artillery round, the barrel kicks backwards like this. Yeah like kicking towards the person and then kicks back out forward because the hydraulic and the pressure is so intense. So when that comes down, so he had to hook it on there and stand just enough so that when he pulled it I think then
2: fly back. Well because it.
1: it's hit people before. Like yeah. there's videos of people being and it will fucking kill you. It'll crush your stern and it'll crush it'll it'll fucking kill you. Yeah. The hydraulics on it are no joke. But those guns, when those um oh my God, this is embarrassing when the arms of that gun come out those legs and they dig into the ground like uh-huh. there's a reason they have those big trails there they they will dig into the ground and they will move they will move yeah. then you got to reset and possibly move that thing forward again and reset and restart and it's a whole it's a whole thing but it, it there are super dangerous to run if you don't know what you're doing uh, i'm sure it's, if, if you're not if you're not pulling the lanyard right like you're safe if you're off the side but you got a situation where somebody's going to manually do it yeah that's sketchy as hell
2: that's awesome see and that's and that's a world that i don't
1: know oh yeah it's okay you know. our, our worlds are our worlds are very different but they're also very very much the same In sense that you know there's a community there's a protocol there's a way things are done and there's a reason those things are done that way um i want to get back to you a little bit about the way that you dive. So when you guys do these, you so this was your second tour you said you pulled this plane
2: up on? Uh no the first deployment. First uh, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was my it was my first my first command, first tour of duty, but it was my second deployment. And okay. this was supposed to be the easy one. This wasn't so the first deployment, the first six of the deployment was on the junk boat, was on the ocean tug. Um we did that one. We did a lot of carrot diving. Carrots What's are that? we would go to like Bangladesh or we go to Cambodia and we'd meet with their with, like, some of their ambassadors. Mm-hmm. Like, we, uh, when we were in Thailand, we built, I think, four or five uh, volleyball courts and then built some other, like, some, like a basketball court. Okay. It's, like, it's just, you know what, if there's something no... Something to do? Well, we're ready salvage. Mm-hmm. So during that six-month rotation, if something does go down, mm-hmm. we're going to steam out and we can be there for in, like, two to three days. Mm-hmm. But if we're not doing that, we're not just going to, like, go and, like, vacation the whole time. We going to do some outreach work. We want to do some, you know... So we had this first deployment on a junk boat. Which I think the biggest thing we did was uh, move a ten thousand pound coral head. It was called we call it "detons" the, uh, the, um, dangerous to navigation, out of channels. So, okay. uh, so I think it was uh, either uh, Tinian or Rhoda, where we were out in the out in Marianas Islands, and mm-hmm. this is a big giant coral head. And if you know boats come in for supplies, they can get it. So the so the, the island was like, "Hey, can you guys move this big ass coral head?" So, so you have
1: to move coral.
2: Yeah, we strapped it up. Slings. How do you move
1: a piece of coral? I don't understand. Isn't that attached to the ground?
2: Um, like
1: the ocean floor? I
2: don't think that, I don't know if this one was or not, but we. could oh, be was, free was, floating. It was in the way. It was just it was just kind of there, just big mass of coral. We just as gently as possible. Yeah. Lifted it up, steamed it out of the channel, and then set it back it, down. Set it back down. Okay. Set, set it back down. But we we did a lot of other cool. We got you know that was the one we popped around in a lot of different countries, but we just didn't no jobs popped. Okay. You know the. Right as we our last country was Korea, and right as we were Korea, being,
3: uh,
2: south, yeah, south. so
1: you were fucking around. So you were oh.
2: We were all over the place. Okay. Yeah. Um. But the last thing that happened was uh was that ferry boat with the kids. That, tell, I,
1: that no, tell me, I don't. Okay. Okay. Educate. So
2: well, right as we were, right as we were leaving, there was a ferry boat with kids that went down. What year was this? Uh, twenty fifteen. No, no, twenty fourteen. Like that. 14. Okay. But, if, but if, there was a big problem, and, and we were standing by to help them. Okay. We said, we, we want to help. It actually, it had, they had some of their Navy divers go in. They lost a diver in that, and we're, we were standing there with our stuff. Like, it's like we're standing with dicks in our hand. Like yeah. We're like, hey, we're ready to go. You okay, know? so and, what
1: happened? How did this um, happen? So it was a ferry? It
2: was a ferry boat transporting kids, it capsized, trapped. the Kids got trapped in there. It was really bad. Right. Um, but then the next company showed up. To, to Korea and they were ready also and they just kind of said, you know, we don't we don't want your help. We want we want this is our problem. We want to we want to handle this. But was this a
1: pride thing or was this like we just don't want your fucking help?
2: We it's a it's, it's a and b because I mean yeah. like the, the Koreans they want to take care of their own. They want to be kind of their own thing. I know, but there's kids involved
1: here, and if they're for Christ's
2: sake, and, you know, and that's the funny thing when the second company came out, they knew about the situation, yeah. so they had broke they had these called a. Roco rods, like burning rods, you know, helium things to cut stuff open and get stuff out of. Oh, so like, like they
1: were ready, like these are almost like if you were in, in on surface, like jaws of life situations.
2: Yeah, they okay. came. They came prepared. They came yeah. prepared, but they said no. But um, but yeah, that was the first rotation. Second rotation, uh, the job was, uh, it, uh, we were in Bahrain mostly, mainly in Bahrain, and we do short little flyaways.
3: Okay.
2: Uh, after nine eleven. Whenever a foreign ship come or whenever an American ship comes into a foreign port, mm-hmm. before that ship even gets, or well, once it pulls close to the dock, yeah. we immediately splash divers and we sweep we sweep the pier. Explosives. Yeah, we make sure there's no ordnance on the pier. When the, when the ship leaves, we come back in, we sweep, we sweep the hull and make sure the hull has nothing, and then we send them on our way. So,
1: because how easy is it for them to send an, like a diver underneath like a slap an
2: explosive to the bottom of it? Like it'd be so simple. Yeah, I mean, like, lightly light, lightliness, low, but simplicity so of, of really really putting a, you put if you put enough c4 on the, oh, in yeah. the in the birthing area where all the sailors are sleeping it's gonna be you're gonna have a uh, oh man, what's
1: the other one? Let's that's catastrophic
2: yeah yeah you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna you're gonna hurt some people so so we just take extra extra caution. the cool thing about that deployment the bahrain deployment is that if the ship doesn't come in for 10 days but you've already checked into the hilton Hilton Place, you're out.
3: The Hilton! You're oh, my <laughs> God! You
1: should have been a Navy diver. This is embarrassing. You guys sound like, I feel like I'm talking to somebody from the Air Force. Or <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, my
2: gosh. Those are, those are, I am a Hilton Diamond
1: member. You're beast. damn right you are. You should be. If you're not, the Hilton should be doing your shit for free at this point. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, my God. But, uh, I, mean, I mean, yeah, but it's, that's just the nature of the beast. We're on the coast. I'll you that. know, we're in, we're in these places, and, I mean, there's, Sometimes I'm, I'm PMSing dive gear and then the bathtub available. We're cleaning Wait, cleaning what? and stuff. Or, or like or whatever whatever you know, whatever hotel is they oh deem my safe God. for us. <laughs> hotel
3: we're running water. I know we, we air brought air conditioning.
2: Yep. Oh yeah. We brought we brought EOD guys with us too because they you know, they dive as well. And, yeah. And uh we're like, this is our deployment. And I think I think somebody was like, do you guys have a point system here? Or like where's your right Wi-Fi router? And the C O D guy shaking his head. He's like, oh he's like, damn, God. you die, boys really have a charmed life, man. Yeah,
3: you do.
1: You guys have the life. I feel like I see this is what I mean. You're young and dumb enough to not know what you're even joining. I wish I was like I would have done a little more research. Jesus Christ. This is impressive.
2: It's well yeah, it's I, I think it's the best job of the Navy. Well, I will stand by. I know I know. there's a 100,000 people out the there. <laughs> so, yeah, so if it can like,
1: be the greatest job in the world in the Navy, you're still in the Navy. You're still
2: in
1: the Navy. I'm still going to make fun of you for the rest of your life. I'm going to, I'm going to, It's. I, I can feel it and I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to pry back to this kid's boat. I want to know what happened, how this happened and what you guys were able to do for this. Okay, so you're in Korea. This thing is capsized. How many kids did they pull up? What happened? Why did it capsize? Do you guys know? We don't. It just went down. It was a ferry
2: boat. I don't know if, it, if they ran aground. Something if
1: could
2: have. There was a valve that that leaked. They yeah. started taking on water. Maybe an engine fire. I don't. I don't know what so it was. When
1: you responded to that, what, so what happened then? Did they not let you help at all?
2: Yeah. No, we couldn't get off the pier. We were we were like they're like, all right, guys, show up every morning. You know, like, hey, this isn't like party time. This is yeah, this yeah,
1: is yeah. You show up and do your job. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but we like this was a time when we were on the like hot and ready, don't let your guard down kind of stuff. Well, like, oh,
1: you're like, – cur-
2: you're, you're yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, well, I mean, a lot of times there's a point you have downtime where you're kind of like not doing much. But this was like yeah. one of those things like, okay, we are literally waiting for a call from, from this country to yeah. say – and we were going to go to Korea anywhere. That was like our last stop. So okay. it was like, hey, we're steaming out. Where It's like we're, we're, make, we're making ourselves available for them. But we don't know what happened. We know that they lost one of their divers as they're trying to do the rescue. but
3: Did they get the kids?
2: Uh, I'm sure they did a recovery, but I mean, this wasn't, this, this is a recovery, this not is, a save, yeah. not a safe. Not a, not safe. So, yeah, yeah.
1: so their own stubbornness, it sounds like, uh, was part of the reason those kids weren't safe.
2: Yeah, well. They,
1: it's okay, you yeah. didn't say it, you don't have to say it, I'll say it. If yeah. you're, you're going to turn down help? don't you fucking complain to me that you didn't save anybody.
2: No, no. You turned it down. Especially when you have an international, like, dive team, like, coming. To, right
1: there, ready for you.
2: Coming, showing up with stuff, with welding machines and Yeah, this is recovery. a pride point now yeah so but we can't force it. I mean you know we
1: that's heartbreaking. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that yeah. must have been um from an outsider perspective and knowing very limited information that must have been incredibly difficult for you to know that that was happening and that you could have helped probably save some lives that it,
2: it's it's like being on the bench, it's like being benched when you're ready to put your helmet on and, yeah. and go do something and then they say no, know. The same, I'm sorry that's, I'm
1: not to pry I just i I wanted to know uh, a little bit more just because of the, the simple fact that you you guys were there. You were at the ready. But I always find it so fascinating when you know you could be, oh, yeah, murder, killing flies. Smoked left it. In the center. Smoked I, just, it. I know. Was... Yeah, I've got these flies right now that it's because it, I keep it so warm in this office, I can't get them to go away. And so uh, uh, <laughs> a friend of mine, I think it was Griff, actually, from Combat, who told me, it's like, you got to. To stay proficient, you got to kill something small once a day.
3: <laughs> so
1: I, I don't mean like something small, like small animal. I mean like a fly's cool. Like so, I'm just I've been on like a murder spree lately. I'm just, nice. Yeah, <laughs> it feel good about it, I and feel bad about it. So when you when you get those calls and you guys are kind of benched like that, I can I can totally understand that being an issue. I always can see certain countries. Obviously, the last thing they want is the United States to come in and save somebody because then. They're, it, it makes we're sense. number like, one.
2: Yeah, again,
1: yeah, yeah, you know. Christ, so you guys are like number one bullshit,
3: I tell you. When you,
1: you guys get this, you know, this, you have this air about you where, you know, the United States goes in and they're constantly invading or doing and doing this. And it's like, I can imagine, especially Korea, not wanting to hand anything over to you guys because God forbid you were actually going to save these people or help these people or be there, you know, that wouldn't, that wouldn't look good for them in their own country. So I, I get it, but. A
2: lot of people don't like us. No, they don't. We're so friendly. We're so friendly. We do all the friendly ones. Okay, we're not as friendly as you You're not. You're (laughs) not.
1: Don't get that fucking twisted. You're not not nearly as friendly as us. Um, (laughs) We, we, each country, has their own faults, but there's something with the United States where they've had this history, or as much of it as I've ever been witness to, of this, you know, this... um, we're the we're the people that need to go in and show you how to live your life. And I think that's where the, you know, the rest of the world has this, like, just fuck off and stay yeah. in our business, <laughs> whether whether you're it'll be useful for us or not. And I, so I think that's where you see that, that like, nope, we got this. We're going to handle this. We're just, yeah. you know, so I, I get it. I respect it. I think it's silly, especially when there's lives and especially children involved. I think that's where the ego needs to step aside.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what he, but you know, that's that's a different conversation for another time. Yeah. So you're doing you're doing all of these different deployments, and you're you're going around to all these different areas. Tell me, tell me when you're, you know, you've done the F eighteen. You bring that up. The pilots are good. They survive. What happens after that?
2: After that, uh, we brought them up. We put the uh, put the the downed vessel on deck. Yeah, and we brought it back to base. Brought okay. it back to Bahrain, and, and then
1: they take it from there.
2: Take it apart. Yeah, uh, they were like. All right, guys. We're gonna go look at it with the project. Yeah. Uh, don't pull anything off the project. Don't anything. Don't, don't touch know. it.
1: Don't look at it. Just oh. do your job and leave it alone. We all
2: have Allen wrenches in our pocket. Oh, Alan Oh, <laughs> we're yeah. like, Ooh, you're like souvenir. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, yeah,
1: you have to. Don't touch it. Yeah. You have to. I'm sorry. Fuck you. You have to. Yeah. Have you- I
2: got a little. I got a little something from it. And that Did was, like, you? A chair set. Yeah, forever. you do. Yeah, I'm, like, that's this like is the coolest thing. It's serialized. And it's a tiny little piece. Uh, I'm like, this was something.
1: That's gonna be. Like you know, in like a few generations from now, like that's gonna be so rare to have. Yeah. God damn it, that's fucking cool. It's like getting stuff from World War Two. Right. Oh god, I'm so fucking obsessed with it.
3: And
2: this to be back on this one, yeah. We save we have to save uh Canadians, an entire Canadian huh? ship.
1: When? Where? What?
2: So just just got engaged with my beautiful Canadian fiance. Yeah. And then said, I'm going on deployment. Welcome. See you later. Yeah, welcome to the Navy, babe. Welcome to the Navy, babe. <laughs> I'm going to leave <laughs> you for six
1: day. to nine months. And yep. hopefully you don't fuck anybody else.
2: Please don't. Yes, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Keep that halter top in the back of the closet. Yeah, before. that
1: doesn't come out. You wear sweaters <laughs> right. and you wear tukes yep. for this whole six months. <laughs> yes, but it's summer, honey. Sweaters and
2: toques. Even though we live in Waikiki. Even sweaters and tukes. Sweaters and tubes you Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, uh, but I came back. From deployment she was overjoyed i was overjoyed yeah we freaked out we got married i got in her for that anyway five, that. Days later, f- five days later five days later they're like they say they go okay hey guys you're still uh ready salvage i got a yeah. call hey tommy uh, so when you come back from deployment they you usually give you a nice rr period like you know hey just back from deployment. Well,
1: I, I don't just,
2: know i never got Starbucks. that so okay. tell me all about it yeah They. like you know they dial it out hey put your stuff down kiss your kids I'll pet your aww
1: that's money.
2: nice uh, so five exactly exactly five calendar days after that I knew I knew Canadians were in town I got a call from my LPO and he's like uh lead petty officer lead, he's my boss my manager um and he's like Tommy so the Regina took off from I why remember.
1: was it called
2: the Regina for <laughs> right? HMCS Regina uh they're stuck they're stuck about uh Miles out, and they're down hard.
4: I mean, stuck.
2: They went there. They had a catastrophic engine failure, and they they had engine fire. That engine fire, and they were down so mm-hmm. hard that they were in there no lights. They had nothing. No generators. And no this is when
1: you were posted in Hawaii.
2: This is when I was in Hawaii.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, the Canadian. The Canadians. I mean, you guys do some fun stuff. They, the Canadian Navy, they do like fun deployments, like like bring your family with you to Hawaii to come check out Hawaii for a little while.
1: Sorry, what? Yeah. Why am I just learning of this now? I don't know. Morrison, I'm calling your ass out. I know you're in Victoria, and I know you know of this. So
3: (laughs) why are you hiding
1: (laughs) all the good shit? It's it's a guy (laughs) I've been basic with who's made it through. He's in the Navy, and he's over on the island. Why am I? You can what?
2: Yeah, they do do these uh, ones where they bring their friends and family. The two from from like from on a destroyer super. to yeah. just over to Hawaii. Exactly, they put them. In the, I think they minimize the, minimize the manning, and then they make room for like a mom or a dad or whoever kids.
1: First, I'm ever hearing of this. Then they go to Hawaii. Well, they that came to Hawaii. Bullshit.
2: Uh The family had great time. I'm sure, they had wonderful pina coladas and stuff. Well, ten miles off the coast, the the whole ship goes down. With the life.
1: families with, on with it. the family. yes. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. karma. <laughs> yeah. You don't get to go to Hawaii on a navy destroyer ship and yeah. just not tell without a,
2: without a sea story. Without you know?
1: a sea story, you all. Have to have a massive issue happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, okay. and that's the icing of the cake. So, so they got we got the stress call immediately. They had helicopters flying out, flying the families back to base, back to like stay in the hotels. They're not stuck. Yeah, all the ships, the ships uh, force stayed on. Uh, they had it, they had it, we were bringing them glow sticks, we were bringing them food, we were bringing Sorry, them all, not funny. <laughs> yeah, like, funny, just funny. dance around the hallway, I guess, you know, <laughs> yeah. just
1: technoing themselves in the
2: dark. Oh, uh, this okay, I just need more glow sticks and MREs, I'll be fine. That's know? right. You give us your
1: glow sticks and you give us your MREs then we will be
3: friends. That's yeah. all we need.
2: And it was, uh, we, they hired, they actually hired, um, a, a what do you call it? A, a contracting company mm-hmm. and they, they couldn't do it. So we got what? to do it. The Navy guys got to do it. So they called okay. us. And the conversation between my fiance and I when I got this call was really, <laughs> was really uh, I don't mm. know. Uh, it wasn't well received. Okay. But Silver Lining, it was yep. a Canadian ship. Uh, so I was like, hey, babe.
1: But I, they're your people. I, we have to save them.
2: Yeah. I was like, I was like hey, uh, I know I just got back and all, and we're going to go do fun Hawaii stuff, but I got to go for like five to seven days. And That's not like,
1: that bad. You could have been called up for another six months.
2: Exactly. Yeah, but she was like, "What?" She's like, "You just got home." Like we're like, eh, eh. and I was like, "Look, it's the HMCS Regina. It's Canadian, <laughs> and it's a bunch of your Canadian sailors that are ported in Vancouver." And she's like,
1: "She can't. She can't she as a like, Canadian be mad at that."
2: She did. Oh no, she wasn't. No, she took a deep she, breath and was like,
1: "God damn it, they're my people."
2: Um, go get my people.
1: Yes. Go save my people! Go, do Go it. be the hero, Tommy! Go
2: do it! Yeah, so we got out there those rough seas. So we had like a little launcher, a little uh, little line launcher <laughs> sent, sent to them. They tied off a thicker line. We tied on. We tied that to our towing houser, yeah. this big big ass you know yeah. launcher line. And then we saw the whole ship's force. they their captains. The the things that pulled the yeah. ship. Their captains were down. Their, their ship they was cold iron, black. sitting ducks, cold iron, nothing running, no electronics, just like. Pissing in the hallways. I don't know how crazy he got on there, but you know, like. But I
1: feel like if you're in a downship like that and you're off of Hawaii, it's not like you're a danger. I mean,
3: no, you're,
2: you're but not, you but you have these seas that are like thirty foot waves that are that are kind of tossing you around. And, but yeah, that that ocean will fuck you up. Yeah, I, just, I mean they weren't. They weren't, like, in any danger of being attacked or anything, but it was... That's what really, I mean.
3: It's
1: not like you're sitting on the coast of Iran, no. or you're sitting on the coast of, you know, literally Cambodia or the Horn of Africa, just yeah. sitting ducks waiting to be attacked by a bunch of pirates or something. At least if if this could have happened, at least it happened there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they were And, you know, they had support immediately. It yeah. came out. Uh, when we got out there, we were, like, full on, like, we don't usually... Like, we're wearing, like, life vests and helmets, because that's how, like... Because it was a little ocean tug... You got thirty foot waves that are just I mean you're just you're, you're surfing, you're surfing on a big boat. But uh we got it overboard. They we saw the entire the whole ship's force come out on the weather deck and then they were just like heaving that line. So over. they were
1: so they were doing they were they pulling. Were,
2: there's no caption. They were They literally heating. had to do it. Yep, they took a turn themselves. Like it was it was a cool group effort. We watched them. Yeah. And um do you <clears> a you video <throat> of this? No, no, Somebody had to
1: have gone video I, I, wish, I wish
2: I had video. That would have been a dope video. Yeah, I have, one, I have one picture from me and the guys that were like, hey, you know, like, like and because cause you can see the vagina in the background, yeah.
3: we're like, we're <laughs> <guys."> saving you. <laughs>
2: yeah. Hey, aren't you guys glad we showed up? Yeah, Just really. Made your ship? Yeah. We'll fix it, too, when you get back to port. We got this stuff you know, <laughs> Yeah, we got the things. We got the but, support. Yeah, so six days. Six days to steam back. Two days to steam out. Six days. Six more days, so it actually was a longer trip than expected, and I watched all of well, we all we had a birthing that was like a little sleepover, and what we do for those six days, we watched seasons one through five of Game of Thrones all together. I've never
1: seen Game of Thrones. I've never seen it. I can't say I've
2: seen it. I'll never see it again. Oh, but <laughs> you it... can't
1: unsee it either.
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, I know there's a lot of uh, there's houses and there's kingdoms and there's a lot of like there's, there's lot like sex and fighting and naked
1: they... and fire and yelling <laughs> and stabbing. Yeah, it was kind of like
2: I was just like kind of like laying there like yeah, it's on. This is part of my life now. It's cool. Yeah. Let's get back to Hawaii. Right. And we like walk out. Hey, am I checking on the Canadians? We'd like. <laughs> yep, still back there. All yep, right. They're still there. They're there. So you
1: literally had to drag their ass
2: in. Yeah, we drove them in. Um once we I think they could tell that we were about to part and they were gonna part, that the tugs came alongside the ship that they were I trying mean, to. They go. But the funny thing is they all came out onto the deck, and we came out on the deck and we we're like I Thanks guys. Later, like, bye. I was like, and like, we're like, let's go have beers with these guys later on. Like, but yeah. we couldn't, we couldn't really communicate, so we just like, you know, yeah. but we're like, hey, you know, later, thank yeah. you, and that was it. But that was, uh, I don't know, that, that was a fun. Been a neat one. That was a fun, that was a fun trip. That was a good, yeah. It was sad that I had to tell my tell my then fiance that uh, I just got back after six months and leaving for, you know, foreseeable another week. But I
1: mean, <laughs> I mean, you would have felt like shit if you didn't go. So I can yeah. understand. I can understand. But, I mean, she. what she didn't know is when you marry into the military, you marry into the military. You marry the military. Yeah, that's, it's not like you're marrying you. You're marrying a whole conglomerate and establishment and group of people. And now that's part of it. And so you either get on board or you don't, you don't, you have to be, that's why I never married in the military. Yeah. I never married anybody from the military. I got real smart to that real quick. I learned very quickly I want nothing to do with anybody that's been in. To yeah. be attached to that in a romantic way—that is a stressful situation that I know as a person I couldn't handle. <coughs>
2: no. no, it's it's rough. It it, it uh, destroys marriages.
1: Oh yeah, the I mean the divorce rate in the United states was like was like fifty percent. So if you attach that onto deployments, long deployments, PTSD, mental health issues afterwards, alcohol abuse, those types of things, you're running into a whole subset of issue. So you married a Canadian, have to meet her. Let's hear it.
2: Um, I had been a uh, well.
4: <laughs> yeah, <Sorry>. right. no. <laughs> there's, there's
2: so many funny parts of things that like <laughs> so the uh, the way i met her was from a friend of a friend mm-hmm. my best friend uh dated a girl named gretchen uh she did a summer program at hbu university okay. where she met paula mm. paula and robbie paula and robbie my best friend dated from new orleans yeah they broke up i remained friends with gretchen got it gretchen was doing work and Panama City, Florida, where the Navy Dive School is. Okay. I saw from there. and we and we are in yeah, which yeah. <clears throat> so I reached out to her and I was like, Hey Gretchen, I see you're in Florida. What's up? You're in Panama. <laughs> like, let's let's hang out. she's like, What? She's like, Are you with your Navy guys? I was like, Yeah. We, yeah, Navy school. And she was like she was like, All right, I want to meet some of them, you know, and, she, and uh, she's like, I'm with my buddy Chip and he's Chipped is my boss, you know. And so I'm like, Alright, I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring like two of my buddies with me and yeah. and uh we go to the golden the golden Nugget." Golden Nugget, which okay. is a, a strip club in Panama City. Can't say I've
1: ever been there. But kind of um, wishing I had it now.
2: And boy, it's it's still open. Yeah, it's um. Nothing's he's, close in Florida. He showed us a good time.
1: Oh, nothing. Never. It, even now, it's never been close. Yeah, I've
2: been in Florida. There, they're, they're kind of like, "What do we do with these Well, guys, These are
1: stupid. Did this go over my face or my head or? <laughs> like, what's the question? For is, this is this a coffee filter? This has got to be a coffee filter. <laughs>
2: There's no
1: fucking way people are actually doing this in the rest of the world. Oh no, Don't tell you who fuck we are.
2: Yeah, yeah. So this guy Chuck takes us out. Has a, like he's just handing us stacks of twenties. He's like, just have, have a good time. Wonderful time. <clears throat> Fast forward, uh, now we're in Hawaii, Gretchen comes to Hawaii with Paula, my, mm-hmm. my then wife, and she's like, hey Tommy, let's link up again, I'm in Hawaii this time with with, uh, with, with a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, Chuck, and I'm thinking, we're about to go blow up a strip club, this is yeah, going to be great, we're going go, to we're, we're go crazy, so I get my, my same buddy, and I'm like, hey man, let's go me up with uh, Gretchen, and he's, she's got her she's got her friend with her, and it's not Chuck, it's not some big white dude, it's a pretty little Canadian lady, Aww. and um, She's like,
4: you want to go to the
3: strip
2: club anyway? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I walked up to her in the headspace of a man that wants to go to like I was like, boop, 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 You're boop, like, I'm ready. Oh, I was like, oh, what's your name? And I was like, I guess we to the strip club. Um and so we just all kinda hang out and have a good time, we're inseparable. Uh, she leaves. Two weeks later, she came right back to Hawaii. Oh,
3: okay. Um, and
2: we and she had a great time. And then she left again and then I went to I came here to Vancouver for my first time. And yeah. it was just When was this? What year was it? 2013. Oh
1: okay. 2012, yeah. 2013,
2: something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, we fell in love and then yeah, it was my It was the first deployment that we decided to get married on paper. Okay. And we came back on just on February 10th. No, February 12th. Okay. I set my bags down, yeah. and then the next day, she's like, "You want to get, you want get yeah. married?" I was like, "Yes, yeah, so We're going to do this anyway. Let's like, get married. Yeah. Go marry on paper." I didn't tell any of my leadership.
3: So. Oh,
2: oh, yeah. I didn't tell any of my of my higher ups, mm-hmm. and she's a foreign national. Mm. And I walked into the high bay the next day, like, the enemy. I got married. No, I was like, I got married. Yeah, and um, and.
1: My Grab you by listening. the ear and just pull
2: you into the office. That's kind of like, yeah, that's what it was like. It was yeah. like we're gonna have, to have like, Tommy. We're gonna have to have a talk later on. And so, what uh, did they say? They were like, Tommy, you could, you, you might be losing your security clearance. Yeah. You might have to be another job besides Navy diver because yeah. you did this. Uh, and like, so obviously, I was compl- devastated. Like, that was like a tomahawk being thrown at me. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so, <clears throat> a lot of heated conversations, a lot of uh, talking to's, and uh-huh. eventually. After I think Paula had to come do like an interview there, and yeah. show them all her immigration stuff. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Okay,
1: you're Canadian. Never mind. Just jokes. She, we thought you were sharing Never mind." She, yeah,
2: she's from East Vancouver. She's not asking for my cat card to go like log into computers. She's not
1: like trip. some Russian chick. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, I got some stories I don't think I'm allowed to talk about. We'll talk about that off air. Yeah, I'm yeah. Well, that happens. That's a absolutely. big thing. People do not realize that people will straight up meet people in bars straight up sleep with them, and then all of a sudden you check them out on your computer in the middle of the night, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Well, it's because they're not stupid, and they're with you for a reason. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Canada would try to steal from the States. I feel like we're all part of NATO, kind of fall into the same category. Yeah. I'm surprised they got as angry as they did, considering she was Canadian.
2: Right. Well, it's, it's the optics, you know, and it's, it's yeah. learning a lesson, and, you know, you can't just tell me you're in the military, you can't just do stuff like marry somebody to ask Oscar first, so yeah, because
1: they own your ass,
2: yes, yeah, absolutely. And that was that was the gut check. So I said, I will never let this happen
1: again. And I'm never planning on getting married again, anyway. So yeah, this, gonna, is a, this
2: is a one and done. And I I and will I'll, I'll tell my stories for future generations to learn from. I had a PowerPoint made, they were like, You're gonna stand in front of the entire company. Oh, really? you're Stand in front of everybody doing monthly training. Get this PowerPoint ready. You need to stand up and talk about OPSEC, talk no about security because they, I mean, they, they do kind of go with they're like, Hey. Don't marry anybody that has like crazy like debt or you know like they're
1: marrying you for a reason.
2: Yes, exactly. Or, or like someone that you just don't know what their background is? Or are they flying to other countries all the time? They yeah. go back. What's yeah. you know? They kind of point us, point the red flags out to us. I you know clearly I saw no red flags. <laughs> at all. Well, like, no,
1: she's Canadian. <clears throat> there isn't no red flags.
2: Right. I mean, I think even I mean, I would have been very very. Since I would have noticed something. I would have smelled, I would have sniffed that See, out. See,
1: you think you would have noticed that
2: True. and you yeah. think you
1: would have sniffed it out, but trust me and look in my eyes when I say this. I know people
3: yeah
1: that you 150% would have thought for no reason they would have known it. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: And they're that good.
1: Trust. Damn. Oh, bro. The shit they got. Hmm. There's no like yeah. There's there's people that this is what they they've been brought up in their entire life to do is to be ready, to be trained, to be able to do this to people. Sex and power, my friends. Ah. And sex and power. People will come into people's lives and you're like, well, there's no, there's no way. You think I would have sniffed that out? Yeah. These guys, you trust me, this is what they do. And they would have, and they still cup the wall pulled over.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, you think yeah. you would know. In, in hindsight, you would know, but nah, you wouldn't know all the time.
2: Yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean, you know, a a, a a short engagement, a short little meet at some you know meet somebody at a bar or at yeah. a place, and I mean, there's every every base in the country. Mm-hmm. There's a bar five yeah. miles down the road Yeah. That all the boys go to and all yeah. hang out with, and yeah, and like talk about their all their stuff. And you just the sit there and
1: you could listen to anything, not yeah. even realize that you're they're getting picked up on. I mean, most people are pretty damn smart about it, but I think there are people. <laughs> once enough alcohol gets in that system, certain people's mouths just run.
3: Yeah. Whether
1: they like it or not or whether they want to admit it or not, miles will run.
3: Absolutely. And it yeah. happens.
1: So I get it. I under, excuse me, I understand why they said what they said and but I'm surprised they like I love that they use you as an example. You make a PowerPoint about why you don't marry people out of the country, period. But what I find interesting is what if you married an American and they're a new American? And oh, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like it I think even if you're an American that doesn't mean you're free and clear.
2: No. I would have still had it. So if I would have done this the right way, I would have sent out a request shit. That request shit. What if have, they said no? Um, they they could have, but I, I think once they've cleared her, if they saw the background
0: check.
2: Yeah, they did. They, they do all that stuff, and see, part of the reason why I thought everything was good to go is mm-hmm. cause we had just been through all this stuff with USCIS. Oh. We, oh. Okay. Like, she had done like half her immigration stuff. Like it was like we were waiting. Like we had already. The ball was in their court. Okay. But we had we put in like. Instagram pictures, uh, FaceTime times Mm -hmm. and dates, uh, Facebook pictures and posts and stuff. Like everything that, you know, proved I mean, but, you know, it's funny because I'm sure a person that you're speaking of would do all that stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, they would do anything to get what they wanted to get to, to, Mm -hmm. you know, and and men are, are can be malleable. Especially with a woman, you know, so, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's, yeah, sex, sex, and, yeah, you're sex right, and
1: sex and power. Sex and power, like, some of these guys I've been recently introduced to, I've learned that, like, <coughs> sex and power is how the fucking world runs, and whether people yeah. realize it, it's sex and power, I hate, I, I uh, it's insane. Yeah. No, seriously, when it comes to intelligence, like, intelligence is gathered in such unique ways, and in ways that you wouldn't... You know, you hear about it in movies and stuff. You're like, that's not real. Oh my God, it's so real. It's so, so, so painfully real. Yeah. You think you would know, but sometimes there's no fucking way you would know.
2: Right. Even
1: if the best trained guys. I feel like they would... The- <laughs> now I'm making you question <laughs> everything.
2: I know, I know. Like I'm thinking like, well, okay, you know, maybe maybe I'm more naive than I think I would. Like, maybe they'll put their, like, Their trainer chick out for me, like, hey, you kind of suck at this, you're learning. This guy's kind of a dumbass. Let's see what you can get out of it. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: you would be surprised there's people that test people just to see, hey, can I, you think this guy's crackable? Let's find out how easy that is. Throw a super hot chick at them that maybe is way out of their league or something. And And all of a sudden,
2: she's showing them attention. She's showing them a lot
1: of attention. Well, those guys are going, oh, this chick's showing me attention. And then they put their blinders on and they start thinking with their other head and then it's over.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Bro, it happens.
2: I, I can no, I can totally see what happens. Yeah. Well yeah, I mean every you even, even you probably have girlfriends mm-hmm. that have you've met the guy for the first time that they're dating and you're like, Holy shit, like this yeah. get run away, honey right. and she's like, No, he's really nice. No, or he like,
1: just has a lot of money, give your fucking
2: head shake. Yeah, yeah. Or like I mean I've 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 met I've met guys, wow. girlfriends where I'm like, Whoa, that one is Yeah. Quite the and he's like, I'm in love. I'm like, uh, no, you're uh, not. uh dude, I don't know I don't know how to say this to you, but
3: yeah, but
1: it's got to be said, though. It's yeah. got to be said. It's truly, it has to be said, especially if you're dealing with intelligence and you're, you know, you're, if you're a diver, like you said, you're pulling up things. You're pulling up things that you, you know, might not have been touched or played with or looked at and you don't know what you guys are seeing. And then if you aren't smart enough, you're like, well, that could be useful. That could be useful. This is, so I, I get that. I understand the the need to protect. I want to touch base on, you mentioned earlier um, that you got to do a dive at Pearl Harbor. Mm. So I've only been to Pearl Harbor one time, and it was one of the most emotional experiences I've ever had in my life. Um, It shocked and awed me on a level that I, it's hard to articulate because you learn about it in school, you read about it in books, you see videos, and you've seen films, and you've seen all of these movies, and da, 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 but when you go there for the first time.
2: It's heavy. Bro. You feel it. You feel it in your heart. You feel it
1: way on your chest. So why were you diving in Pearl Harbor?
2: Uh, I was diving Pearl Harbor because because the USS Arizona is now at the point where it's starting to chip off. Like big pieces are starting to chip off. Yeah. What they did is what we did was we set uh, six six um, 3D imaging devices, which look like big orbs yeah. uh, at the at the forward, aft, and then two on this side, two on that side, and so basically that. That those, uh, I don't know, ca- underwater cameras, sonar cameras, mm-hmm. they got images of how it is right now, and they were able to generate a 3D model of the Arizona that's in the, before you, know, before you get on the boat to go to the little memorial, there's a little... I didn't get
1: to go, I didn't get to go oh. all the way out. I literally had to, <laughs> I was there, and I didn't get a chance to go uh, over to it. Okay. I was only on the land, and I got to see that...
2: Still somber. Oh,
1: yeah. oh buddy.
2: Yeah, uh, but they, they, they're going to build a 3D uh, model so it can wow. be preserved forever. That's
3: beautiful. Yeah,
2: there's a lot of there's a, a bit of bureaucracy with it right now. Um, the some people, environmentalists, they say we want you to suck out all the oil so there's no more oil going to the Gulf. But the thing is, if you try to tap something that old, like yeah. a tap like a tap and yeah. die, basically you yeah. go into it, yeah. uh, it's gonna shatter apart and now you're gonna have more oil going out there. You want the to so just let it leak. It's gonna do what it's gonna do. I mean, we, you could go down there with some kind of suckers, but it's also uh, it's also a, a grave site.
1: I was going to say, the bodies were never removed
2: from that. No, and, and sailors that were part of that ship or part of that era, yep. they die, and if and as their last dying request, they the military will fly them out and have them buried with their families and do a proper ceremony, and they place their the canister and ashes in their ship. Which, which, so you Shut the, up, really? Center center center, yep, and Navy divers do that whole they
1: go down process.
2: Yeah, that's where they want to be. Yeah, I had a buddy do it, and he's like... Wow,
1: he's like, he's that's... Like, Give me all the all the
2: fucking goosebumps. Oh man, my my buddy actually got to do the ceremony with a family, and and he was and he's like Tommy, he's like I was like once I left service, I had tears in my mask because he had two other divers Mm -hmm. get 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 underneath him, holding his legs and lift him lift him up. Imagine a navy diver coming out of service with a full salute, just emerging from the water. He received the he received the uh, the ashes Ashes. from the wife from the family standing right there, saluted them. And, and then, and then, and then he just like.
3: Oh my god! And
2: it, and oh no. like, he was oh. like Tommy. We nailed it. We did it so perfect. And he's like the family was flipping out. And he's like when I once I on left service, I was like wiping, like you know, you can't wipe your eyes. But well, you no, because like, you're
1: just like. <laughs> yeah,
2: but, uh, but he did it. Like he did the ceremony. I never did into the ceremony, but. Uh, I don't think I could have done. I'm too emotional. I'm an emotional
1: dude. I can't I, I couldn't. That's okay, man. <laughs> no, but I'm sorry, I'm picturing it like I have a vision in my in my eyes of what I can see it playing, like in very good at visualization. I can see it playing like that. That's the fact that the Navy does that though for their service members to be able to go down with their friends the way like that that to me is so fucking special and so underrated. And the fact that we don't even know about that, like that 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 should be known. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Thanks. Oh my god!
3: Yeah,
2: oh. it, it's it's really touching. It's it's you know it's a somber, it's a very somber experience. It was an important experience. It's a very important. Experience. Um, but diving it when like you know and I don't want to like no. blow it home, but you know it, when I when I actually could make out clearly uh, portholes and see like plates and see stuff and see railings and chutes and you think it just though seeing that in in the real life. Takes you back to all those videos you see. Well,
1: because the water's clear, right? Is it fairly clear under there? A little
2: murky. It's a little murky, but it's, you got probably like in a, on a good day, probably fifteen feet of vis. So okay. you, you can see most of the most of the ship, most of the weather deck. Um, they're like, "Do not touch anything," because it's all falling apart. Yeah, but it's the, already. But the turrets, the turrets are all still really? standing strong. Yeah, you went. I I swam right past the turret and took a picture of the middle one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I had a lump in my throat the whole time. I can't like, imagine. It was it was, uh, it was it was pretty wild. I mean, I had to kind of like like Tommy, quit being emotional. Just figure, no. out, you know, let's leave this stuff. Let's get, let's get the job done. You so, know. what were you what
1: were you doing? <clears throat> so you were we replacing
2: imaging devices so,
1: and those images but once you're done that that was that was it you're not supposed what, to touch anything look at anything just up.
2: yeah i think that the, well they had an engineer with or they had a guy on, on top that had uh, a console mm-hmm. who who could collect this data oh, okay or just or, or leave it down there um i wasn't there for the recovery of the of the modules mm-hmm. and i I, and I haven't seen the 3d model so if we ever go back to hawaii i'd love to see that yeah that'd be incredible. Like, wow, i was part of that i got to you that's know, a big put a little, deal put a little hand in it you know but yeah, but it was that was man that that was such a one. Like, I I begged for that dive. I, I
1: bet you did.
2: Yeah, you'd have to. I did. Well, because I mean, that dive once once the officers hear that there was a bunch of living well, they're the like, I'm back in the water. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, officer, which wetsuit? My wetsuit.
1: Because that's such an honor to be able to dive. Because I'm assuming you can't dive in that area.
2: Uh, they have it, it's it's now a national park. And you have to make special arrangements with the park ranger slash diver mm-hmm. who will take you out there. I don't think you get as close to the ship as, as the actual active duty guys get to go. But you can, but you, you can go. You can go check it out. Really? Um, it's, I think you gotta got to really pull some strings to get that. Yeah, I know there
1: know. are people that actually go it up. See, now that's yeah. something I would I would die to do because there's something about that.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. But And then divers, but that's the thing. It's like so like... I was notorious for like taking stuff and like, you know, well, fooling around. So they don't want, they really can't, don't can't want to touch stuff. Yeah. I'm sure there's some paperwork that you got to sign. It's like, we're going to ruin your life if you touch our ship. Well, <laughs> because the
1: damage that could, you take one little piece off of that. You don't know what the ramifications are for the rest of the ship and how it's going to actually fall apart or it, what's going to start or move or that. That's really tricky because that thing's been under there a long time.
2: It's been there since 1941.
1: That's yeah. so insane to me. The whole that whole situation. I'm gonna murder that fly in a second. Um, <laughs> if
2: I that, see it, I'll. I'll you got
1: to crush it. You got to kill one yeah. small thing a day. Remember, you got to stay proficient. Right. <laughs> the um. So there, that ship that's under there. That that whole Pearl Harbor thing. Thing that whole that was really disrespectful. The whole Pearl Harbor event, on its own, is is still so mind boggling to me, and so, I'm I love history. I really find it so fascinating on so many different levels from the military side, from the civilian side, from the explosive side to the, you know, the effect on the world. I I just love history. And when I got to go there and I got to see it, like, you know, it happened. You've read about it. You've seen it in movies, but then when you see it for the first time, the idea, you really are able to, if you've been in the military, you know what explosives sound like, you know, what gunfire sounds like. You're able to feel it in a different way. I, I don't know another way to describe it, but like when you know what a gunfight sounds like, you know what planes sound like coming in, coming in that close and, and having that, it still boggles my brain that that even happened.
3: Yeah,
1: it, It's one of those situations that you look back and you're like, it's still shocking to me. And it was that long. And it wasn't even that long ago, but it, for you know people that are listening, it's probably, you know, they have a hard time putting that into perspective time frame, time frame wise. So it doesn't feel that long ago.
2: It wasn't that long ago. No, I some, There's still buildings on on Hickam Hickam Air Force Base mm-hmm. that you can see the bullet holes. They really? le- they leave those. Oh yeah, yeah, they leave those. Well, you because, should. Yeah, I absolutely. I'm paying over that. Yeah, so you can see that it's the, all the all the, the remnants is there. You know, there. Uh, I could we would dive in the right right in the entrance of Hickam Harbor, and I would find uh, turn of the century cook bottles and stuff.
1: No way! Yeah,
2: yeah, little Pepsi oh, balls and See,
1: this like is that. why I couldn't be a diver because I'm, I, I totally would. That's what I mean. Like I, I would take it. I there's something there's something. Oh, that, we took
2: those. That's, oh yeah, that's, you, that's, you
1: take you take those. You take those. Yeah. Take those.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just don't fuck
1: yeah. with anything else on the ship.
2: Don't touch the Arizona. Don't touch the Oklahoma. Don't touch any of the ships yeah, that are down because they have other ones and they have markers. How
1: many are down there?
2: Uh, I think five. I'm gonna guess it's round five because they because they have mark as you drive as you go through Hickam Harbor. They have them. Marked, and then the Arizona is the only one that has a memorial sitting right j- over the top of yeah. some uh, smokestacks, and then they have the, the USS Midway, which is the last uh, decommissioned. Uh, I think it's a wood wooden top ship, oh, wow. wooden weather deck ship, and so you can go on the Midway and go poke around and look, and go for it through a tour of the Midway, which is really nice. I'm
1: surprised that they Midway. Like-
2: I'm saying Midway. Midway's in San Diego. Oh, which one is it? There? Sorry, I'll come to you.
1: Oh, fine. Yeah. it's okay I don't come to you yeah. sorry about it the um to go and dive in that water though you have gotta feel everybody down there i'm sorry but you just there's there's no way that you're not down there not feeling like you're being watched there's no fucking way
2: oh absolutely it's no you it's it's a cold that you it's not just cold from the water no. it's a cold from the spirits that you feel yeah and, they, yeah, and they say they like they're like you know the uh, the oil that comes out yeah. is the tears is like are like it's like the the sailors crying. You know like it's oh. like it's so, and, as, and, as soon, and as soon as I got in the water, I had to like because because I, I came up and I was like covered in oil. Like my. Is oil.
1: it that much oil down there?
2: Yeah, yeah. I had to I had, wow. to, take, I had to take three baths in like Dawn. To no get way. The oil off me.
1: I didn't realize it was leaking oil like that. I had no idea.
2: Some days are worse than others. Some days there's a little bitty bit. Some days it's like a full sheen. And it's all oh, it's really old old oil. Well, to, yeah, you it's, know.
1: There's there's really so much you can do. But I, I honestly didn't know that. I had no idea that there was that much coming out of it. Like, I wasn't aware. And it's not just Arizona. Like, all of those other ships that were down, there was people in them. And there's still people in them.
2: Yes. And that's and that's the significance that ties it to Navy diving because the Navy was, we had divers. We had divers that did stuff. Yeah. But where Navy salvage diving really, really, really stepped up was the... Yeah, that... Is the I don't know if they can hear that, but like that was the I hear
3: that. That, picked it up.
2: okay. That was that was how the divers would know that there was somebody in the next vessel trapped because there were still people and they dump <laughs> yeah. Everybody knew that, um, and that's that's something we use today. We still use that today
3: yeah. because there's times
2: when um, we're fixing like uh, I'll go back to Pearl Harbor. No, but, uh, no it's there's, okay. <clears throat> there's times when we're fixing like uh, internal internal workings of of the ship, like uh, I don't know pumps or suctions, that yep. kind of stuff. And if we don't have the right suction on the right valve or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. things can go bad. So we, like, we'll put a guy, we'll send a diver into the ship to locate. To oh, be like, hey, okay, did, not did, did, Yeah, hey, oh, right valve, valve confirmed, all right, put the patch on, get the work done. Anyway, uh, so, so being, so, like, as a Navy diver diving on the Arizona, like, that was, that, that was, like, a hard, hard lump in my throat the whole time. Because you're thinking about the, the divers that went down to go save these guys and, you know how I don't know. They were trailblazers in a lot of ways. Well, yeah. you, you see pictures of the divers that were cu- just completely covered, yeah. head and toe in oil, with a, with an apparatus on their faces, and then it's like, yeah. was so sketchy. Like,
1: is there like you know. is there like part of you? It's gonna be really twisted. There's like part of you that like subconsciously heard knocking when you're under there. I feel like that's something would toy with my head. Like if I went under,
2: oh, I heard that. I would that would have scared the hell out of me. But do you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah. you know, there
1: could be knocking from like anything, but like. Like, you know, just from, like, I feel like you could hear, because underwater, you hear, you can hear, it's a different, it's a literally a different world. Mm-hmm. It's a different world. And I feel like I would probably trip myself out. Like, I feel like, oh I would subconsciously hear that, and that could send me, oh
2: it was, it was, I'd say it was a mental thing for me, you know, because I, yeah. I, I was dancing back and forth between... You know, appreciating the the historic and the emotional value of, of it, and then also trying to focus on the fact that I need to put this thing in the right you area do and, and do my work. Yeah, and and, and it, so I was kind of like, I wish I could have done one dive that was straight working, mm-hmm. and then one dive to actually sit there and cry my eyes out. And I'm just asking. honor it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know that I could have done that. See, that's what I mean when I say like when I brought it back to earlier. and I was saying like when you see like a gray whale come up or you see a sub come up. There's something about seeing something that large underwater that freaks me the fuck out on a level that I'm like, nope, hard no. Part, no. Yeah, no, hard
2: no. You you realize how quickly that you don't belong in the ocean and that this mm-hmm. is not your home. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I guess it'd be like, I don't know, seeing like a big giant bear in the wild. Yeah. Like, like the one biggest thing I saw was like a big giant manta ray. And the wingspan yeah. was like 16 feet. Yeah, those so big, big,
3: big guys.
2: Kind of came up. Yeah. And I was like, like, like <gasps> it does. It makes you like,
3: it became, like, yeah, like whoa. Yeah. It freaks out a little bit. Yeah.
2: Sharks, I saw some black tips that come around. Yeah. We're stinky divers, you know, I mean.
1: I was going to um, ask you about that
2: next. Paul, Paul's the one, Paul's one of the very <laughs> few Katie got really unlucky.
1: Yeah. Paul got really <laughs> fucked up, really unlucky within five minutes of a surface swim.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but typically stage divers, the sharks smell, they have such great sense of smell. Yeah. They smell the oil. They smell the whatever. They don't is want honest. anything to do
1: with that. They'd
2: rather a juicy sea turtle. They'd rather yeah. a nice, nice tasty sea turtle than a stinky diver. So you had there. no
1: situations in your, diving, in your diving times with any of those sea
0: animals? No. Nah.
2: No, I mean, the the most pain I got from a sea animal is I was uh, walking like they were pulling in a Hauser line, and yeah. I, was, I was down in the hole, like trying to kind of organize organize yeah. the the lines so they didn't get fouled. And uh, they had war kind of wrapped around the line, which were then brushing yeah. against my legs. Because oh, all I had was like no. all I had was like ranger panties on. Oh, so, ranger, <laughs> ranger panties! <laughs> yeah, I learned a lot about ranger panties <laughs>
1: recently.
2: Yeah, so I was wearing like next to nothing. It was hot, you know. Like there, yeah. I come up and I was like. My legs itch. My <laughs> legs are itching between my legs are itchy. It's really bitchy between my legs and somebody pee on me. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, no. And the doc's like, Here John, here's a can of uh here's a can of uh what is the um cooking stuff, vinegar. Yeah, he's like, he's like, You won't sit here, won't you sit here in this chair, patch yourself on the legs and watch everybody work for you. Yeah, that's it. you're done now. You're done. You're cut. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll just rub
1: vinegar on my legs. This is what I get to do all day. I'm down for that.
2: I'm all stingy. I'm all stingy. I got jellyfish.
1: There's, oh man, being underwater, that, that's a different world. And I was talking to Paul about that. And there's so many things that we have no idea. We have no idea about our oceans. And it scares the fuck out of me. I'm a big shark fan. Like, I'm obsessed with them. Like, I got a problem. Yeah. It's like, it's an, it's an issue. And like it's like, I want to be one when I grow up kind of situation. You know? And sharks to me, like the idea of diving with them, and just the you know being off the coast of Hawaii, like the, there's lots of tiger sharks. You got fucking whites out there. You've got real, you got real, reds. yeah, you got real things that'll come at you. I'm just surprised that in all your time you never had. But it makes sense, you know. They're very sense based, and if obviously if they they don't like it, they just won't come near it. But you know, there's always that time where you get the odd rogue shark.
2: Absolutely, and you know that, that a part of it's uh, training. Getting you comfortable, know, Paul. Well, no, training like with just understanding the the mentality of like sea animals. Yeah, don't touch them. Yeah, just leave them Leave them alone. Yeah, Paul got unlucky that one time. I'm sure he wasn't prodding around looking for a.
1: It was on a, a service one. He was yeah. just he just jumped in. I asked him about that. I was like, well, "What was the deal?" He's like, "Oh, another guy was in," and I was like, yeah I'm gonna go in." And he, he literally, I think he said within like five minutes, he was like floating on his back and he had his arms by his side and it took his leg and his arm at the same time and like i know like i said i know that podcast is like it's shit audio on my part and i'm really sorry for that but like if you can if you can tough it out i would listen to that interview because it's god he explains it so well and in yeah. depth and in detail and the way he talks about it is so insane to me because he talks about feeling like he was going to die like he just at one point he let go because like he's getting drug under so far like you realize how powerful these animals are you are not in the, you're it's not your world
2: yeah you're not in control
1: no, you can, you can say, oh, I want to, he's like, yeah, I tried to go to punch him in the face and I realized my arm is in his fucking mouth. And like, there's at some point you got to realize that you are not the apex predator here. You're in their world now.
2: Absolutely. So I
1: understand the want, the need and want to be a dagger, but I don't understand like that, that freaks me out on a level.
2: It's a curiosity. It is. Yeah. So you want to, you want to see, you want to climb under, you want to look in, you want to go, yeah. know, go down there and walk around and poke around and it's just. There is a curiosity. The curiosity can kill you, but the curiosity is there. And you you know, you know you're pushing the limits. You know that when you're breathing out of regular and you feel like yeah. I am only breathing because of technology. Yeah. I, this human body does not belong in Down this here. area. And so I, I try to come at that with a little bit of you know respect for the sea life, respect for the creatures, you know. for you. Yeah, you, know, you know, but but yeah, they're everywhere. I mean I I just I, I last more we're looking for uh, mooring blocks, big cement blocks you yeah. need to change to. But just uh, another, another stingray. I don't know why I've always had close encounters with stingrays. i yeah, never been hit by one. Well, but.
4: there's a
1: reason they're around.
2: Yeah. yeah. They are. They,
1: you know what? There's something to be said for people who there's uh, you bump into things, animals, certain things. There's a reason they're around. They're, they're, there's a reason. Yeah. You are connect with them in a way that you might not understand right now, but there's a reason.
2: And even even sitting on the quay wall. In in uh in Hawaii, uh, eagle rays would fly up. And You see eagle rays. Yeah. And I, love, and I love eagle rays and like to this day, like I like I put on a YouTube video with my daughter.
3: Yeah. Uh, just about
2: stingrays, and she'll just sit there and watch the whole thing. And there's
1: something calming.
2: It, it really is. Yeah, there is something calming. And I love being close to the water. Uh, but my, oh my gosh, my 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 four year old, she said to me, she goes, Tommy. When, I, when I'm a when I'm a deep sea diver, will you hold my hand
1: underwater? Oh my God! Did you just die and cry inside? You mushball. She broke you. Oh, she, she did. Stole. <laughs> when you had a girl, yeah, yeah, she <laughs> smacked yeah. you right in the face with a bat. Out
2: of the park. When you when
1: you had a girl, you were fucked anyway. But yeah. when she says something like that to you, that must just eat you. Oh.
4: Oh, oh, oh god. i
2: am die Rose with
1: up.
4: you.
2: Oh man! But, but, you know, you know, I got a I got an ammo can in my closet. You know, what it has it has my first and second ever issued dive knives that are going to my two girls when they when they get That's their dive beautiful. certification. So I'm, I'm waiting for that waiting for that to happen. You know, so
1: you're out now. Oh yeah. How long have you been out?
2: I've been out for one calendar year, January
1: twenty
2: eighth. So you're newly out. Yes, I, I I set feet here in Canada while I was still I was on terminal leave. Okay. I was still active, so I'm yeah I'm brand new out. I'm still kind of in the
1: rigmarole of
2: what that feels like. Whoa, yeah. Where do I want to go? What do I want to do?
1: Um, but then you got 15 fathoms, so let's talk
2: about that. Yeah, 15 fathoms, it started out as something where I, while I was in dive school, I was like, I want a dive t shirt. And I got
1: on Etsy. Oh, I want
2: a dive t shirt. I want a t shirt <laughs> says, I'm a diver. That's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> I'm going to get on the internet and find myself. I love more. it so much. Um, and I didn't. And I couldn't find anything. There's many stuff for surfers and skaters. Yeah, but I got all kinds all of, of swag. people why can't we have swag? You we know? Wrong. And, and so I was like, I'm gonna make known. And uh, it turned out we had, we were all saying with lovely, uh, it was a Racine. Okay. A Racine in, in the Middle East somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the ship was late coming in. They were like, we yeah, got 10 days. The guy that was in charge of us was like, don't kill each other. Don't hurt yourselves. Right. Don't, don't piss off the locals. Don't get
1: arrested. Yeah.
2: And just yeah. enjoy yourself. So I got online and I saw like Shopify and Printful and started digging and digging. and I was like, I, think I need a business license so we get one of those and did it all for my computer and uh by the time i got back to hawaii i had my first like product mm-hmm. coming coming in mm-hmm. to the to the house and i was like oh my god this is crazy and so it's uh, wild. yeah it's grown it's grown and grown <clears throat> my first thoughts when i started it was i want to make this as maybe something when i get out i can do it more Yeah. um i'll always have content because i'm always around navy diving i'm always around Mm divers so i'll have have stuff to share with people uh i didn't know things were going to turn as they did but but now i have this community of not only navy divers but just like veterans in general Mm -hmm. who are amazing people who are like this i don't know i love my community like it's it's like it's like a little window yeah you know i mean by no means fifteen fathoms like pulling in tons of money
1: it's not about
2: that though no it's it's now it's about the connection right it's it it really is and I've, i've got about uh, I don't know, a couple thousand people, but
1: you have ten thousand uh, people. Let's get that correct. You've got ten thousand followers.
2: Almost. Yeah, I got ten yeah, followers. Co-
1: more than a couple thousand. Yeah. that's a hard feat. So give yeah. yourself credit for that now. Oh,
2: thanks. You're <laughs> yeah, I got, I got ten thousand people, but I keep it. it it's it's kind of cool. I like that. I like that. It's it's a small community because it's skin to skin.
1: It's actual people that are actually wanting to connect and engage, rather than people that are following you just to follow you.
2: Yeah, yeah. And And I put well, and, I, and I started so uh, I did. While we're, while we're still kind of full swing in San Diego before COVID, uh, I was doing some. I was I was using 15 fathoms as a platform to raise money for uh, Big Brothers and Sisters of San Diego. Okay. And so I, I was. I wanted to do an annual event every mm-hmm. year. Um, <clears throat> we did it. We raised a bunch of money. Uh, I'm I'm not in the position right now to do a big fundraiser, but I am in treatment right now for for like mental health issues and stuff, and I go see a therapist yeah. regular. So now. You know, part of my scars are from my childhood. Okay. And part of my scars are from of how my injury and how you know how I was uh, I was I was put out of the military. Um, but I like to keep that skin to skin relationship. Yep. And, and I, that's why I started Me- Mental Health Monday. Okay. Where every Monday I'll either share something about that I've shared to them that I've read about mental health or share something about myself. Yeah. And just try to just like break that wall yep. that people have that they've put up that if I go sit and talk to somebody about my problems, I'm crazy. Or you're weak. Or you're weak. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I just
1: newsflash: we're all crazy. Newsflash: nobody's weak.
2: No, but no. It's,
1: it's not. It's nothing to do with that. There's right. nothing to do with that.
2: No, it doesn't. And I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's like why why go why go and um I don't know it, people. Some people it just it, it takes a click for them to see that going like going and sit with a therapist or going to do something to, to uh, metabolize that energy mm-hmm. is better than like getting drunk or getting yeah. angry or punching a wall or doing something destructive, you know? And, and that's kind of, you know, I want I want to express that to anybody that, looks at my instagram that mm-hmm. hey you know like like i'm the, i have i have problems i've had problems and it's
3: okay to have problems. i still do yeah, yeah
2: yeah and i'm working through them and you know depression doesn't last forever sadness doesn't last forever some people are chronically depressed some people aren't mm-hmm. um but while i'm in this sort of headspace, i'm gonna share i'm gonna you know
1: and then that takes a lot that takes a lot to do that and i know that it resonates with people i've been on your page i've seen that i've seen the people you know the comments they make and things like that so i I do know that what you are doing is making a difference. It is obvious. It is it is visible, and I'm sure to those people that you know need that content, that they're getting it from you. I'm, there's there's a respect there. There's a mutual respect and understanding, and the the capacity to reach out and talk to one another is something that we. We don't do enough of, you know, we're not open and honest enough about it. And I think that's where we're seeing a transition right now with the military and those getting out is people have just kind of had enough is enough. We're not watching suicides. We're not watching our friends, you know, suffer all the time, drink themselves into stupors, getting phone calls because some guy's like sleeping in a ditch with a gun beside him because he can't be in his house. Like people are finally realizing, okay, well, this isn't okay. And this isn't normal. And none of this should be accepted. And we should all be doing our best to try to mitigate and navigate that I want to ask if you'll tell me what happened to you.
2: Uh, so I had, a, I had a really bad injury. Well, first, I'd say, I'd say the first thing was um, my, my parents obviously best intentions, as, as, as all parents They have. do the
1: best they can. They
2: do. They do. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll put it in a nutshell. My dad wanted to teach me how to play baseball. Yeah. Well, he's throwing a ball to a seven-year-old. Well, now he's throwing it faster. Now he's throwing it faster. Now yeah. I'm crying. Now he's like, now he's telling me to wipe through my tears and keep catching it. Keep yeah. Moving. So that's there was okay. some
1: drama, uh, trauma, trauma, uh, traumatization within that.
2: Yeah, him pushing, pushing a little bit too hard before I was ready. Yeah, not of, <laughs> of, yeah. yeah, and not, and he's and he's only he was only twenty something years old too. He was yeah, he's a Yeah, he doesn't understand. He's trying to make me fat. Oh man, Tommy, catch the ball! It's gonna go faster. That's. That's just one example of, of, of how I was kind of Your raised. Your child Tough dad, boxer dad. I was raised as a fighter. I was raised swinging my fists. You yeah. Know? But, yeah, but you don't realize that a lot of trauma is passed down.
3: Oh, yeah. And then
2: he had the same kind of dad.
1: Intergener- <clears throat> intergenerational trauma.
2: Exactly. Boom, 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 boom. That, yeah, precisely. Uh, so there's that. Um, and that was with me. And that, and that, that my first, where my, where my mental health journey began, began yeah. was with my wife. Okay. With Paula. I met her. I knew I was fucked up. Yeah. I knew I, I knew I had like jealousy issues. I knew there was going to be and I met this amazing Canadian soul mm-hmm. who, who I just I connected with on such a deep level. And I'm like, I'm not going to let my personal bullshit, my hang ups. Yeah. Fuck this up. Yeah. There's no way, yeah. and so I, I met her. I knew I knew I had some stuff in the back of my head that I wasn't really like. You know how you date somebody in seven months, you really find out who they really are. You know, like yes. I, I didn't. I didn't want that really who Tommy is yeah. to ruin my relationship. So I went out as hard as it was. I went. I call, I, I called up military one source, yeah. and they set me up with a counselor. Fantastic. And I sat and I sat with him, and I sat with the therapist. He was older than me, and he gave me some great ways to see things, and, and yeah. some, you know, I, and and that kicked our relationship on off on a positive, a really positive note. Um, <clears throat> little little further down the ways, uh, I get this injury. I get this injury um, diving. Uh, I was a short. It was a, about a thirty-three foot dive on uh, a big, air, one of the big air, giant aircraft carriers, mm-hmm. um, right behind the propeller, which is like. One blade is, is of, huge. size of like this office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a big giant metal shaft and that shaft gets covered with a uh, laminate. Mm-hmm. And so we, we were scraped. We, were, we had a pneumatic grinder. We you know, like yeah. uh, just kind of uh, removing the laminate. Um, what I didn't realize is that as I'm blowing pressure into the small coffee, it's called a cofferdam. So it was a dry environment. Okay. So you pull yourself up and up and up and sit in it. Oh, and then you were, okay. And then you actually pull, I'd pull my hat off, pull my, pull my rig off. Yeah. Uh, I didn't bring foamies with me either, uh-huh. and so you just, bam,
1: just for four part.
2: hours, yeah. and it, and it, and it, uh, destroyed my eighth cranial nerve, and so, on, on this, on this side, uh-huh. and so, uh, I came up and over, my clean time was fine, and then 20 minutes later, I thought we were on a, uh, we were on a barge, a working barge that was kind of floating, yeah. and I felt myself doing this, and I was like... And I, and I was looking. I was looking. Usually, when when, she, when a ship rocks, shit starts sort of slapping the walls. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, uh, and I'm, and nothing was moving. I'm like, oh oh, this is in, this is in my head. Yeah, sorry, I getting really bad vertigo. No. Uh, so I'm so now I'm doing like neurological examinations on myself. And I'm. Like, <laughs> do you're doing yourself
1: know, check. Wait, hold on. Nothing else is moving, up, but I am moving.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm not bleeding. I'm not. I'm not moving. But uh, a buddy of mine, saw is like, Tommy, you fucked up. And I was like, I think I am. I was like, yeah, my ear is ringing. I want to throw up right now. I can't walk. Can you bring me up to the front? And like, he like threw my arm around his shoulder and brought me to the front. Uh, they were like, okay, man, get out of here. Uh, go home. I got to ride home. As soon as I saw Paula, she's like, dude, and she's like, dude, you are white as a ghost. And yeah. she had to whole kind of hold me to get me to the couch. And she's yeah. like, what do you want me to do? I was like, yeah, was like,
1: like, that's a weird she, situation. Yeah, she's
2: like, I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling Shane right now. I'm calling, I'm calling Doc. He's a one of our, you know, Corman. Uh, and so she calls him and they give me the chamber. I give in the chamber. Uh, the nausea was fixed. Most of the vertigo was fixed. Uh, I still had really bad rain. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and so then after that, they were like, okay, Tommy, we still got some vertigo. Go to Bud's and yep. go to Bud's on Coronado. There's a chamber there. I went there. They did another treatment. Still sort of the same symptoms were, were lingering. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then they're like, okay, you need to do a bubble test with your heart to see if you have a PFO, patent form, and oval, which is uh, something that some divers have that allows a little bit of air into their bloodstream, and that can cause uh traumas. Yeah. So sometimes when they have, they, they check for that because they can fix it really easily. Yeah. Uh, and then they also did, they did an MRI.
1: So oh, no, and that's where they saw
2: the damage. That's well, no, that's where they saw that I have a brain aneurysm.
1: Sorry, what the fuck?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I have a I have a cerebral brain aneurysm in the back of my brain that is true, true, unrelated, not related to the dive at all. They couldn't, they, they can't identify the nerve damage in the hair, but they found this this no thing way. in my brain that could bust. And so, like, on top of all this bullshit, uh, they're like, they're like, um, Tommy, you got an aneurysm too. And I started Googling aneurysm. Did you freak out? Well, yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, oh. I, like I, I, was, I didn't know what to do. I was like, yeah. Uh, so, like, what? Yeah, <laughs>
1: like, this is not, I didn't come on board for that. I'm trying to fix my ear.
2: Yeah, yeah. So now, oh, I'm no. so, so they're like, okay, can I get a waiver? Can I die? And and, honestly, I had a doctor, a really good doctor who was like kind of my psychologist. He's been in the deep sea special warfare community for a long time. Yeah. And he said, Tommy, I'm going to be honest with you. Don't. Hang it up. Like don't don't think don't, you're gonna get a waiver. If, you're not. If you yeah, with the aneurysm and with the stuff you've got, you're you're like you're done, bro. And you're I'll, lucky
1: you know, sorry I keep talking over, but you're lucky that you even were able to dive ever. Yeah. Oh my god.
2: Yeah. <sighs> I had it the whole time. Oh <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. But I'm 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 lucky that I discovered it.
1: Yeah, because that could have no. popped you driving the car with your kids in it. That could have just, that can go anytime. time.
2: Anywhere, on the toilet, sneezing. Anything. Nobody, and nobody, nobody walking through their day goes, you know what, I don't think I'm going to show you have an aneurysm. <laughs> I mean, let well, me no. go to the doctors and just see if I have a brain aneurysm. It's always, it pops first and then they're recovering from it.
1: My husband's, my husband's grandmother died that way. Really? She had an aneurysm. Bad. Yeah. Like, like they... It fucking happens all the time.
2: Yeah, and there's survivors too. There's some people who are survivors. If
1: you catch, if you do find it, or they're able to maintain it, or if they get in quick enough. So what are they doing with yours now? What's the deal with that now?
2: Um, I live a healthy life. I live a healthy lifestyle.
3: Okay. I, I,
2: uh, I, the, the the option mm-hmm. was to put a flow diversion stent. Okay. If you can imagine, like a pipe going this way and another pipe coming out. Yep. Uh, I'm kind of like in the middle of this here. So what they wanted to do is they wanted to put a stent that would allow blood to flow through that other artery. Mm. And and still maintain blood flow, and it wouldn't clotterize. Because yeah. if the risk mm-hmm. was if it clotterizes and it stops, yeah. you're going to be in a wheelchair from the chest down. For sure. And I said no. Well,
1: because <laughs> you know legs are great if you Yeah. Are...
2: Well, I mean, I like my like my arms too, and my yeah. I mean, it yeah. would have been, like, been like you're down to. Oh, this so you'd have
1: been like a quad.
2: Yes. yes. Oh. Uh, so they say we can we can put this in your brain. But if it clatterizes at any time, you're fucked. it's not our fault, and it's left and you're going to take blood. <laughs> it's not day. our
1: fault. We tried our best.
2: But yeah. I mean, well, the, the, the neurologist, he really didn't try to push it on me. He kind of – he just –
1: Sounds like he knew the right decision was not bad for you.
2: Yeah. Well, thank God. Robbie, the doctor friend, the data Gretchen,
3: Yeah.
2: He like, he he got wind from another friend that I was going into surgery at UCLA, and he called me. He said, Tommy, don't do it. That medicine wow. is brand new. Oh, yeah.
1: okay. It's, it's, they've
2: only been doing flow diversion since for about five years now. They're, they might have a really high percentage rate, but that's because they've only done a few people.
1: We don't have enough history behind this.
2: Yeah. And I sent him all my studies, too. Okay. I sent him all my, all my stuff. And so he was like, Tommy, if I ever catch you with a cigarette in your hand, I'm going to punch you right in the face. Well, you,
1: yeah. It's like, like a, I knew a girl that had a stroke and she's really, really young. And then I find out that, like, I mean, we're not friends anymore. I just, I, kn- I know of this, but she. Fucking drinks Red Bull and drinks alcohol. And I'm like, are you trying to die? They found you on the floor after 24 hours. Oh, she's still, she's Bro, still. Bro, she was like in her early 20s. She had a stroke. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm not going to say the person, it's not my place. Yeah, yeah. She had a stroke. She was somewhere in school. This was a, it was a, a good friend of mine. It was somebody, it was a family member of her. She had a stroke. They found her on the floor. I got a call from her and she's like, yo, I got to go somewhere and to go, she just had a stroke, and she's like early twenties. They don't know what happened. They found her on the floor. She had to go through the whole rehab. Luckily, she's a—I think she's a lawyer now. Like she's a smart cookie. But then I—I I hear that she's like, you know, to each his own. You want to live your life, live your life how you want to do it. You want to ride it till the rails roll off, go for it. But like Red Bull and drinking, I'm like, you know, that's to each his own. But you, you're not supposed to. When you get a warning sign like that, you—you yeah, you heed you. that thing.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, in my opinion, especially
2: with it was when it's your morality, well, when it's with your life, you know, like.
1: You know people are people are special sometimes
2: yeah 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 but i you mean know, a, <laughs> a, a heart attack that's yeah that's definitely a major indication like maybe maybe eat some more vegetables you know like it was, it was, well yeah
1: but like in your brain when it's something that you don't know like you had no idea you have this i mean you had no, no other primary or reason to act any other way because you're not aware you can't tell you have an aneurysm just chilling there that can pop at any time
2: and that's that's the that's the thought that kills me. That's the, that's the, you know, and I yeah. try to keep, it's all in the back of my head. Literally. literally. <laughs> so I, I kind of keep in the back of my head that all aneurysm there, but, <laughs> but yeah, but I, you know, um, I used to squat real heavy. Yeah.
1: Now you don't do anything. I
2: don't squat real heavy. You know, no. I, I, I like to do squats. I still love to do squats, but yeah. I just, I will not, I'm not going to throw, you know, half my so body weight way. or, you know, <laughs> you know on you my back. Weight, you know. yeah, I try to do more running, more swimming, more, more that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I'm saying this, but. At the same time, these past like I've I've kind of in the past I'd say I don't know six months I've fallen into a place where I've become so like depressed at times where I don't even want to get out of bed, and yeah. I you know my my body follows my mind, of course. And, and a lot of people are the opposite. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm having a bad a bad day. Let me go hit the gym. I'll feel better.
1: It's a different but mental it's, health thing, though. That's a completely different thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, well, like, you know, my wife's been like, once you go for a run, you feel go for a swing, and I'm like.
1: That's so hard to I'm do. I'm just not there. Yeah. Like, when
2: I'm feeling good, yeah. when I'm happy, that's when I'm like, yeah, I'm going to train every day. I'm going to yeah. hit the bag. I'm going to run. I'm going to climb. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to do the grouse grind, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> but, like, right now, I, and I told my therapist, I was like, I'm just trying to get through my day right now. Yeah. I, I just, I, if I can just get out, get up help out my kids, yeah. you know, smoke a little weed eventually, you know, throughout the day and just and just get through the day without becoming like an agitated wreck or like, yeah. you know, like the tinnitus. If the tinnitus is really bad, doing what I can to, to, to cope with the tinnitus, which is usually a lavender bath. But, um, that's all right. But yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. But... Uh, a lot of things have kind of been falling into place, which are yeah. good things. We just put an offering offer for a house today, which Woo-hoo! Awesome. Yeah, so I'm feeling better. So I mean, things are starting. To, things are starting to turn. Things are starting to, to get to lighten up a little bit.
0: Takes time,
1: man. You're just out. You're new out. Yeah, bro. You're so new. You're so fresh. You're like a baby goddamn lamb <sighs> coming out of the womb right now. You don't know where way to go. Your legs are all floppy and I, don't know. I get it. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of guys that are just recently out, and I. I'm telling you, it's, it, we're all out for different reasons, but it doesn't make it any easier on anybody else. Everybody's got their shit and their baggage. But what I can tell you that's promising from seeing from an outsider perspective is you're already taking the right steps to handle your mental health. You're already taking the right steps physically and what you put in your body to make sure that aneurysm doesn't pop. You are being an attentive dad. You are helping your wife out the best that you can. And you are taking the steps every single day to be thankful for being alive, you are not, you know, wallowing in what could be with your brain. You are taking the right steps. And so that, to me, is, is incredibly hopeful. That that makes me think that you're going to be just fucking fine. You may not know your way right now, but that's only temporary. I didn't know mine either. It took me... Mm, mm, I got out in 2011. I deployed in 2009. That's when I got hurt. So it took them that long to release me. 2011, I got out. I started my company in... Mm, I started fucking around with stuff where you know art therapy in 2015 okay so you know what I mean like it took me it took me a long time and for some people they never get to that point so the fact that I got to that point at all was you know I'm moving in the right direction. And it's gotten to be small, attainable steps. These big chunks that people are trying to bite off, like, oh, I, I want to do this, I want to do that, but it just doesn't feel attainable. It's like, okay, well, what are you doing to prepare yourself properly to allow those things to align for you? You're doing those. Yeah. You, you did that right off the bat before you even left. You asked for help. That right there is the hardest, single-handedly the hardest thing for somebody leaving the military to do. That's the big one. That
2: is, a, that is a big, become, the big because you become catalyst. You're so, you are trained be so self-reliant. Oh, such God. a strong gunner person. Oh, it's so painful. I've got, all my, I've, I've got all my stuff together. I'm ready to go. I'm packed up. I need to, okay, two more to stand. Yeah,
1: I don't you need know? anybody else. I don't need your help. I don't need this. I don't need that. It's like, well, you 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 will learn as things go that, get it? Oh, fuck. There you go. Nope. nope. Get some.
3: Got
1: get it. some. Get it? Yeah, buddy.
3: Adios. Murder. Later, Small murder. Yeah. There
1: is, there will be steps and things will, will come. In your atmosphere, that might be hard, but it's only temporary. And and I understand the the body, the the, the mental depression that allow not that does not allow for you to get up and go do what you need to do to get yourself out of that. I've been there. I've fucking lived in that for years. I yeah. know what that feels like. But what I can say that is promising is you are doing and setting yourself up right. Yeah, Thank you, you.
2: really are. I'm trying. I'm trying. There's it's sink or swim.
1: It really is, either, either literally.
2: I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an oppressed asshole for the rest of my life and yeah. sad, and yeah. just, and, or, or I, I, I do the self care, do the self work, yeah. Do, do the work with my work. therapist.
1: Well, that's the thing people don't realize either. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'll just go talk to therapist, I'll be fine. It's like this is an on going thing you have to do every single day and especially with something like your injury with tinnitus i have tinnitus i know for a fact i don't have it the way you have it mm. um i'm waiting for VAC to approve my hearing aids right now because i do i just oh, oh yeah no i found out i'm deaf as fuck
3: yeah
1: yeah i always knew that because i was loud but I've, I've always had the ringing but i didn't know that was a thing like i didn't know until they're like do you have ringing in your ear? I was like, oh my God, yes, how did you know? Why, does my face say it? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, that's a thing called tinnitus. Like it's a, and I was like, oh my God, they're like how long have you had it? I said, since the second I work, started working on artillery, again. Yeah. since the second I started working around artillery, mortar rounds, you know, Carl Gustav having that thing beside your head, like, I oh yeah, I've had the ringing since day one. And they're like, oh, why are we just hearing about this now? I'm like, because you guys make this impossible to do. Yeah. You make this process of getting help for hearing loss, for damages, the government makes it nearly impossible for you to actually get help, period. It just does. So for what I would say to you for tinnitus is go and get a hearing aid that masks tinnitus. They have them now? I have them. You I have, have them. them? Why are you wearing them?
2: I don't want to What do you think, are they, too cool? No, they bug me.
1: What do you mean they bug you?
2: Like, the, the, the masking doesn't really help. It's just more sound on top of the sound that I okay,
1: have. Okay, okay. Um, the,
2: the one thing I do use is uh, I bought some, um, I bought, uh, Acoustic hearing earplugs.
1: Oh, those new ones.
2: Well, they, they go in. They're, they're made for you. They're molded for you. Yeah, ears, yeah. But they have a little tiny hole. So they allow sound to travel through, but the reverb yeah. stays out. So Ooh. I'm going to go in a situation where me, maybe me and Paul are going downtown with a lot of traffic and a lot of ambient noise. I throw those in that way. Later on, yeah, I'm not like ringing out of my mind. We can actually sit on the rocks and watch television for a little while. So time. it
3: gives
1: it gives it that kind of it masks it enough and keeps mm-hmm. it at bay enough so that when you're in quiet, you can take them out and have
2: well, that constant. it suppresses it completely. Really, it, it blocks it out. So the so. You hear you hear so many more sounds than you you ever notice and so like like unless you I guess I don't know I, I notice all this stuff but like yeah. it's because I have this bad tinnitus and yeah. so if I guard my guard that sensor you're, you're, you're constantly sensing things you know yeah um, if I guard that for a little while it kind of helps me get through like a real busy day or mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on or a lot of hectic day and then yeah. I can take them out and then it's like okay it's quiet but uh but yeah I have, I have the resounds that that uh, that connect to your watch and everything and, and those are they are pretty good. They are pretty good. But I don't I don't know, they just kind of they, they bug me a little bit, so I just stupid
1: fucking face diapers. I've heard a lot of complaints with them with people wearing hearing aids, which is like the majority of our community they yeah. wear hearing aids and um and that they just get caught. There's just a lot of issues. And you know what I found fascinating about this was um, I always knew I had hearing loss. But then when we started wearing face diapers,
3: Mm -hmm. because I didn't
1: realize how much I was relying on reading people's lips. Yeah. I had no idea how much I was relying on that. Mm
3: -hmm. And now
1: I'm like, I can't hear you and I can't help myself. So I find that really the fact that we're just like, you know, blanket, you know, putting these things on our faces and not um, thinking about the people that are deaf or counted on that their whole lives or can't who literally can't, Hear anything, so they sign completely, and they, they count and read. Like
2: nobody cares about that, right? Nobody cares. Well, just and you you know me being able to see you emote through your mouth, yeah, is communication. It's not there's so much nonverbal communication that goes on right. Oh here.
1: my god, it's insane how much.
2: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I, I I have I have them. I do wear them now and then. I don't like to wear them, but I will share. Like so, for any anybody that might hear this, that is even thinking about edging towards uh, going into therapy or doing something like doing jewelry therapy, yeah. To help out, uh, I'll give you the kind of breakthrough that I had recently. That Please. that it was a life changer, literally a life changer. I, I um, don't
3: doubt
2: it. I got out of the military. I went from having all the purpose to kind of a, a weird nonsense of purpose, except for taking care of my kids. Oh, I my, get it when much. you say
1: that. I know what you mean. You don't need yeah. no purpose. Per- hmm. people have a hard time with that because they're yeah. like, well, you have kids and a wife.
2: That's your purpose. It's like, no, you don't get it. Yeah, yeah. You don't get it. Good, I'm good. I'm glad I'm. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I say that, and it's everybody's, yeah, okay. No, I get so, it. So I'm and now I'm living, now not only that, I'm out, I'm living with my in laws who are, are very good about feeding the kids and helping the kids. And so much, it gets almost, to where it's too much. Yeah. Too much of a good thing. So I got to a place where I'm like getting eclipsed. I'm getting eclipsed by these yeah. other parental figures in the house, my wife. And and I now I'm hurt and I'm kind of I can't can't do as much as I used to do. Every time I cook a meal, it's like there's already a meal cooked upstairs. So I'm get I yeah. get where I'm just like, and and I came to a place where I started having some really dark thoughts and I started having thoughts of um, of uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, this, this needs to be. I want I want somebody to hear this. I don't know who it is, but I want somebody to hear this. I have these thoughts and I don't want pity. I just want you know, to understand. There's no pity. You're never gonna get any um, pity from my listeners. Good good. Uh, I was like, I was like, I was envisioning myself like if I wasn't around. if I wasn't there. If I was if I you know if I didn't exist it would be fine. You've got your parents. The kids are happy. I'm I'm pretty much useless right now anyway. I don't have my citizenship. I can't work. I can't you know like it's like I'm just kind of stuck. And so I started envisioning myself in the tub, slitting my wrist, you yeah. know. And I envisioned and I, and I thought about it and I thought about my wife walking in and seeing that and her being completely upset. Uh, I thought about, you know, my, I don't know, whoever else. I told this to my therapist, and she's like, Well, Tommy, you envision your kids walking in on you. You envision yeah. your wife walking out of you. I want you to envision you walking in
3: on you. Ooh.
2: And when I'm telling you that, just cracked me wide open like a watermelon. Oh, my God. Because I did. And my immediate response, she's like, Talk to yourself. And I said, yeah. I said, Why the Fuck would you do this, Tommy? Right? You've got so much to live for, dude. Right. You've got so much to give. You got so much life in you. Why would you cut it short with suicide? Are yeah. you nuts? You have more and so she helped me you know, like it's like
1: She gotta keep you gotta step she, dude, sometimes you uh, need that person to take you outside of yourself so that you're able to see yourself for who you are and what you are and what your true thoughts are really telling you to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: I feel you, I you. So that right.
2: was that was a big one. That was that's, it's actually hard for me to say I'm that, really but proud uh, of you, man. but yeah, but it but it was yeah, it was a breakthrough. It was it was a complete uh therapeutic breakthrough and anybody that's having uh any troubles with uh, self-worth or self-doubt or self whatever it is, uh-huh. remember it, you, your life is valuable. It's extremely valuable. No matter yes. where you are at in your life, no matter how you feel in your life, you are valuable. And uh and that and that, that moved me. That 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 changed a lot of stuff and it was it was, was big. So I just wanna I don't know I just wanna no, that really, no
1: no I'm so I'm really truly from the bottom of my heart I'm very fucking proud of you and I'm really really grateful mm-hmm. that you've said that.
2: Cool. Good good Thank Because
1: you. I've been in that spot. Yeah. I know what that spot looks like. I've had the same conversations with myself the same way you just did. It's a hard such a hard place to even think about, let alone verbalize out loud to others yeah for fear of shame or pity or why the fuck would you like how could you actually say that you have everything yeah no you don't you've never lived in my head you don't know what my head is like right it's fucking horrific when you can't escape it sometimes
2: no it isn't and you yeah you get to the, get these crazy thoughts you get these crazy feelings and you know sometimes you got a higher brain wrangler you do you, you got gotta get brain... one of
1: those people to just fucking grab a hold of that and be like yeah no we're taking no this is wrong
2: yeah, you know, and now yeah. and now I'm at the point where I'm, I, you know, my my therapists were like, okay, you you've kind of processed a lot of the stuff that happened in the military. Yeah, let's work on Tommy. Right. Let's work on Tommy outside of them. Let's work on things from. And I said, all right, Sabine, so we're going to take it from my childhood. You have to. So, and we started. We've we've been working it up, working yeah. it up, and it's it's great. And and that's the cool thing is like if you don't, you know, Kelsey, you started doing jewelry. Jewelry brought you sort of peace it it shut my
1: brain off it was the first time i sat there and didn't think about suicide really
2: no seriously it was
1: i was in my townhouse i can tell you what i was fucking wearing my pajamas i had been in bed all day and i told my husband i said you know my doctor suggested our therapy i thought it was fucking stupid (laughs) and then i i read something about how like crystals can help you and i was like that's also stupid but i'm literally at my rope's end here and i'm newly out i'm brand new house got another one yeah
3: two for three i know know
1: they're everywhere um i so i got you know i got some crystals and i started fucking with them and then my husband was home all of a sudden and i realized i'd gone a whole day without moving and that was the first time and i was like okay there's something to this There, there has to be and it went from there
3: good
1: yeah i get i get what that feels like and i also get what that feels like when you know you don't want to feel this way but you There's no, you don't know another way of how to get out. You have to ask for help. You got to do something. Yeah. You got to do something. You got to do something. And I'm so thankful that you got to sit here with me and talk to me about this because not enough people, especially men, not enough people are willing to open up and be this honest and this vulnerable. But there is
3: so much value. I'll fucking go deep. I'll fucking go there. There's (laughs)
1: so much value in it. There's so much value in it. Um, it can save so many people's lives, and you don't know that right now. But I'm telling you, somebody will listen to this, yeah. and it will change their perspective.
2: I hope so. You it know, will. And, I'm and, telling and you. And I'm a, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm a big advocate for one-to-one therapy because yes. that's what works for me. Yeah. But there's a guy. There's a guy in, uh, in uh, Escondido, California, who he's making. Um, he's taking like Crown Royal bottles, he paints them, and then he slaps a sticker on them, and puts lampshade, He calls PTSD bottles.
1: Oh, that's fucking yeah,
2: hilarious! That's what he's doing, but that's what he does. He goes to the farmers market. So, look at all these programs for mm-hmm. veterans that have this. I would think that the VA would sort of click in, and, yeah. you know, like and see, and you know. But I mean, but but that's the beauty of our community. I know, I know a guy. Like you know, like uh, when I was in San Diego, the mecca for veterans. Um, I knew a guy who's doing hiking hiking for heroes. Yeah, dogs for soldiers yeah. you yeah. know it, it's it's how whatever brings you comfort in your life yeah allow mm-hmm. yourself to feel that comfort allow yourself mm-hmm. to receive that that whatever it is that brings you joy in your heart yeah you know? so i i don't know i'm glad no this is what
1: i'm here for this i told you i will get you comfortable and then i will fuck with your feelings because that's what i'm good at but i'm glad you told me that and i think like again there are people that will listen to this that will see this as as a way out, as a stepping stone, as a directional point, as, as some way, um, whether it's temporary, but it is, it is, you know, possibly just a break in their depression just for a second to make them laugh and to just maybe hear that, hey, there's so many other people out there that are feeling this way, especially in our vet community. I mean, the suicide rate is fucking disgusting. The yeah. divorce rate is fucking disgusting. The overdose rate is just all of this shit that we put ourselves through and then, We come out the other side only to find ourselves left empty handed and that's why all these groups exist outside of the military because the government's dropped the ball.
2: So we've had to do
1: it ourselves. We're tired of waiting for people to say, here, we're here to help you. We now... There's so many charities that are vet run, so many businesses that are vet run and they're run a specific way and so different than any of the other corporate world. And it's because we all know that our community needs something completely different than what civilian population can give to us. So instead of waiting for them to get their heads out of their asses and figure it out, we figured it out for them.
3: Yeah.
1: And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think there's nothing wrong with that. If anything, it's brought you an incredible community. It's got 15 fathoms across the world now to the point where people are following you from everywhere. I'm seeing your content. It's dope as hell. I'm mm-hmm. wearing your toque. It's fucking super comfortable. And I'm a oh, yeah. toque person, so I'll tell you that right off the bat. Um, you're, you've been able to take what you've gone through and whether or not you realize it, you've built something really, really special that will test, uh, stand the test of time. And not only for you, but for your kids, for your wife, for being the father that you can be rather than the person that's just like, hey, I suffered this trauma. I'm not going to fix it. I'm going to impose it on my kids. You've cut that. You've broken that line. You've broken yeah. that, that, that um, intergenerational trauma. You've seen it for what it is. You've taken a step back and realized I'm not doing this to my kids and my wife. And that right there tells me everything I need to know about you.
2: Cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, it's true. Yeah. Self, self-awareness has been like my, uh, my goal, complete self-awareness yeah. and and I'm, and I'm getting to the spot where if I start getting, a, you know, a two and a four year old, they're just, it's a one mess after. Bro, I have years. a
1: five year old and that's fucking enough. I'm a one and <laughs> yeah. done. I'm a one and done. For one and no done. reason.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well like I can, I'm, I'm getting to this point where if I start getting angry, I start getting mad. I can catch myself. Yeah. So sometimes my wife has to do it for me. But that's okay. Like if my if, if, if my daughter doesn't just completely date back, it's one one bashes the other with something that I'm yeah. like Ugh! and I yeah. it. and pause like Tommy, too much anger and I'm like I'm like you're right. you're right you're right you're right you're right you're right and she's and she knows me so well that she knows that she's not going to step on my head. I'm not going to get mad at her for her telling me that
1: no you She'll know catch,
2: help me catch myself and be like all right. Mia, you are a four-year-old discovering the world, and I support that. Please don't hit your sister with a can of fucking bubbles. Please. Yeah, we just ask <laughs> that if you could do me a
1: favor and just yeah. stop beating your infant, you know, sibling with something over the head. They don't need an aneurysm like me.
2: Yeah,
4: we yeah. don't
1: need a head trauma to start from life. Let's just let's just not let's not do that. I still, yeah. bro, it's been. It's been uh, 10 years I've been out, and I've been in treatment since they well, since they sent me home from Afghanistan to the hospital. Like, that's been my road to now. Wow. And I'm telling you right now, it, you're going to slip back. You're going to get angry when you don't want to. But those things are okay because you know that that doesn't have to be the way that you have to be. You know it's only temporary, and you can correct those mistakes and just keep moving forward. As long as you are moving forward, you're never going to do anything wrong.
2: You're you're taking the right steps. Yeah, I live by it. No, because I I fuck
1: up a lot. Oh, bro. So so do I. But that's okay. Yeah, yeah. As long as you learn from it and the least that you do is you try to better yourself, then nobody's going to fault you for it, man. Yeah. Nobody's
2: going to
1: fault you for it. Seriously,
3: Tommy. Nobody. Nobody. Good, Good.
1: Um. I'm just, uh, I'm gonna cut it there. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm grateful to you for you coming in. I, I appreciate you making the drive. I appreciate you coming into the studio, and I, I'm just fucking stoked for you. It sounds like you are moving in the right direction, and we're here for you. My community is here for you. Oh. We've got your back, and we're always gonna be here if you want to talk again. You want to chat this out? We're just a phone call away. You're yep. Canadian now, so fucking welcome. I hope I am. Well. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's it's questionable whether, you know, we let everybody else in, so the fact that it's taken this long to let you in is kind of bullshit, in my opinion, but we because we let everyone else yeah, in. take so
2: long? Why is that? I was really bad boy when I was a lot younger. I got charges on me. Yeah, <laughs> you can have charges
1: all you want, but I mean, we yeah. let fucking straight up terrorists take our money, oh, so... Know.
2: No, yeah know I've, I've, yeah I've never heard about all that stuff yeah, yeah. so I mean and, 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 and there's a there is a there's a point of contention with that
1: bro if, if we can if we can let a terrorist sue the government and get 10 million dollars from us out of the vet fund then I think there should be no fucking question I
2: was, a, I was 22 years old I was a drunk waiter driving around New Orleans oh you are a, a baby oh the baby you are a baby and I yelled at the cop because I told him that I don't want to go to jail because they're going to touch me in jail I was well, you
1: scared well you didn't uh, so you didn't stab you, anybody right
2: no so that was the
1: fucking
3: problem
2: drunk Well,
1: exactly worst things we need to be worrying about is not you, trust
2: me. Um,
1: I'm I'm super stoked. Can you give everybody your handles for Instagram and social media, please?
2: Yeah, uh, if you guys want to check out my stuff, I'm at uh, 15 underscore F-A-T-H-O-M-S, that's 15 fathoms, or if you just Google 15 fathoms, I'll come up, I'm usually right below the actual uh, quantification of measurement of 15,000. That's fucking hilarious. Deep fathoms, of 15,000, Deep Sea Apparel. Right. If you put that in the machine, you'll find me. I'll pop right up.
1: And we'll make sure that we tag everything else here on this episode. But thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you later. See ya.